0: hello i'm paul i'm adam and i'm ben and welcome to the Film filmbusters podcast the film show with no filters no prisoners taken loads of disagreements but one hell of a love for cinema
1: if you want to hear three friends ridiculing each other for an hour or so regarding their taste in films then you have come to the right place in each episode one of the team picks a film for us to discuss it could be anything from a recent cinema release to an all-time classic so strap in and get ready to get mad or get vindicated as we guide you through the murky world of being a film geek
0: if you like what you hear you can also find us on twitter and instagram using at filmbusters pod you can also find each of our individual accounts i'm at
2: filmbusters paul i'm at filmbusters adam and i'm at filmbusters ben if you want to use your eyes instead of your ears, you can also visit the website at filmbusterspod.co.uk.
1: And if busting makes you feel good, you can also support us at patreon.com forward slash filmbusters for exclusive content. Or shoot over and
0: get some groovy merchandise at society6.com forward slash filmbusters. All
2: right, can we just get on with this now, please? Filmbusters.
0: Julio, so what, what, kind of, what kind of impact has the Queen's death had? In Texas, in, in Texas specifically, I don't think yes. they noticed. Uh, no,
3: I think if you have social media, you noticed it. But there is, you know, we have an election coming up, so that's really taking up most of it when it mm. comes to politics. So I don't think, I don't think I've seen. You know, social media so is how we experience the world now, and I don't think that that as far as Texas, I don't think I've seen anybody in social media truly. Expressing an opinion one way or the other,
2: it's h- how polar opposites
0: yeah. to yeah.
2: how it is for us.
0: Every channel pretty much is about the Queen. There is not like no normal schedule programming,
2: and if it's not TV. about the Queen, it's showing really boring TV, like daytime TV, like gardening programs, mm. or the music's <laughs> not really exciting. And the weirdest part I still think is when you go outside, if you go on the trains or anywhere, every single advertising boarding that normally has a big electric building is a picture of the queen yeah it's like Sainsbury's. being I in went to Sainsbury's Korea. yesterday yeah
1: and there was a, i know but we have been you must forget wh- whatever your stance on it is this is a lady who's been the monarch reigning over us for 70 fucking years i know so they, but, they but there's a little bit dystopian it. about it sometimes <laughs> well you could say so but at the same time like we you know for paul paul probably thinks the same thing when the World Cup comes around every couple of years and all oh, there is is football. Yeah, but it's not on every about single to to everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, but he probably feels it that, that it yes, is. Yes, it's
0: everywhere.
3: Well, a little less macabre though. I mean yes.
1: <laughs> yes. They cancel football because of it, so Paul's happy there. They yeah. have cancelled football because of it, yeah. <laughs> they the weirdest thing happened yesterday. We um ended a week, so uh I said when Jenny gets home, come on, let's go to the pub, or we'll just have a couple and we went into the pub. Uh, got a table, got a couple of pints, and literally as I sat down at the table, the volume went up on the telly in the pub, and it was—I don't even know what it was. It was some service in St Paul's where there was going to be this message from King Charles, and everyone in the pub—King Charles Spaniel—swivelled, yes, swivelled, and was looking at this telly. Um, and I wasn't there going, "Oh, look at you, sheep." I was like well yeah we better pay attention to this and it was like this unspoken um, like there was something nice about it Mm. is what I'm trying to say Mm. there was something nice about it because I knew you looked around that room and you're like there are people in here that don't give a shit about the Queen there are there are Republicans in the in the British sense rather than the American sense and like conservatives liberals but we're all here United, just by watching this, because we're acknowledging that it is a thing mm-hmm. that is happening, a monumental thing that is happening in this country. Whether you feel emotionally about it or not, there a, is a, a big change. And it was kind of nice in that way. Mm. And it felt right to be in a pub lifting beer. I was in a pub <laughs> when she died. Unsurprising. We were in the pub
2: watching the football, and it was weird. And then obviously she died and they turned one of the TVs over to the news. So you had the news on one side, you had the football on the other, and then they were playing music in the middle. It was really weird. And then when the teams came out at time, they just did a minute silence before mm. the second half kicked off. And then it was weird after that because the football just didn't do anything. There was no analysis after the game. It was just a BT logo on a screen in black and white until the next mm. game kicked off. And it was just really weird. Nobody knew what to do. It was just like, fuck, it actually happened.
1: It's because this country is not prepared for it in the, since television. When did television exist? Uh, well, yeah. When the television show, invented?
2: Yeah. It was basically invented for her coronation. That's when it became big, wasn't it? So, yeah, TV just doesn't know how I mean, there's all the rules of it, but respond. it's the sudden if it's happening.
3: Yeah. But as a nation, I would have expected that they would have...
2: Uh, being a little prepared because it's not like it happened suddenly, right? She had been no, she'd been sick mm-hmm. for yeah, a while. They, they kind of told us about midday on the day it happened, and then she was dead within a couple of hours. But I mean, she was probably yeah, dead but, at the time. she uh, it was. dead okay. at
1: the time. <laughs> yeah. See, Jenny was saying this. I was saying no, 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 because <laughs> if she was dead at the time, the family would have all. This is conspiracy theory stuff. But I was like, <laughs> no, if she was dead, the family would not be tra- all traveling now. Yeah, so but I was it's a like, look. Is, it, she's maybe alive. The look.
0: It's about all the family being together before they actually make the statement.
1: It's probably to look good, like they're together. So the the plan, which has been in place for years, is called uh, London Bridge. London Bridge has fallen. London Bridge is down. Yeah, London Bridge has fallen, or London Bridge is down. One of the two which is the, the, all the steps that kick in when the Queen dies. But the thing that threw a spanner in the works was the London Bridge operation assumed she would die in England. but well, she didn't. She was in Scotland when she died. So it meant it was Operation Unicorn. That was the name for it. They got a Which changed her. a bunch of steps. They have to move her. They're going to send her. They're sending her down a train line. Are you going to go to one of the stations and take your cap <laughs> off Bayhead? Well, the ne- <laughs>
2: nearest station for me would be King's Cross.
1: Well that she'll come through Crystal Palace, I'm sure. No, she
2: comes from Scotland. She's going down, not up. She's gone past <laughs> King's Cross to go back up the country for you. This is all very disrespectful. But yeah. <laughs> even if, even if this morning when I was at work, I was going to leave and they were doing the whole thing where Prince Charles was pronounced king or whatever it is. That's In right, case we yeah. get invaded in the meantime and we don't have a ruling monarch, I think is the, mm. the why it has to be done so soon. But everyone was just sitting around watching that and it's just, again, another church service.
1: I know, too much church.
2: Anyway, we'll move on and we'll stop talking about it now.
0: Just as the Queen's left us, we have someone joining us on the <laughs> A king joins us. <laughs> <laughs> One of the kings of podcasting. He's here, Guys. he's Julio from Contrarians. How are you, my boy?
3: I'm, I'm doing great. This was not how I expected to uh, start my morning. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been... This is, I mean, it's, it's very appropriate because I... I guess I've been wondering what it was, like, the experience of, like, the common man in England going mm. through this mm. big transition. And you guys seem fairly unchanged by it.
2: Unchanged. <laughs> it's just the weird stuff around you. I was working at work with somebody from Holland, and they
1: sent me a text when she died. And she was like, sorry for the loss of your queen. I know. I have uh, a, one of our board members is from Guat- Guatemala, and she messaged me within like twenty minutes saying my condolences, commiserations to to all of you British people. I'm like, that's very sweet. I like, Thank I you. Appreciate I appreciate that. you, yeah. you, you didn't have to say that. Like,
0: no, nobody said sorry to me
1: at all. So <laughs> because everyone knows, everyone knows that you don't give a shit, <laughs> you robot. If anyone was going to be robotic about it, I thought it'd be you, Paul. No, I no, like, no, thought Paul won't give a shit.
0: I, I was going to say, I felt the same, like you said in the pub. Like yesterday, we sat down. No, no, this morning actually, we sat down to eat breakfast, and I was like, "Oh, we missed the um, the King's speech yesterday." So I was like, this us put it on while we eat our breakfast to see what see what he said." The King's speech. Yes, it's like it's, it's just like the movie, just now. like the movie. The it, it does feel like it's a moment yeah. in history. It's like regardless of what you think of the family, this this is a moment, we should all be present, kind of thing.
2: We we'll do it again in about yes. thirty years' time, probably.
0: But give a shit about the World Cup. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, Would you like one piece of trivia, before we move on from the royal family, one piece of trivia which probably hasn't crossed over to the US of what our now king, this is a quote from our now king. You may know, when he was with uh, Diana and was carrying on an affair with Camilla, there was a series of messages that were being exchanged backwards and forwards, and I don't know how they leaked, but they leaked. And uh, Prince King Charles said, oh, to be a tampon inside you.
0: Oh my! What God. did you boys
1: not know that either? No. Oh. I think I have heard
0: it, it a very long time ago. But that sounds so that very back, weird. It's a very visual. And he
3: repeated that quote <laughs> on his coronation.
1: Yeah, yeah, he will. <laughs> <laughs> back and forth they went on the tampon joke. Uh. We all feel sad. Although I will say, I did uh, tear up like I don't even really know why on the day. It, it was, not was quite before she died. It was quite weird. It was. It was actually when I was there canada water train station and i was just like reading about operation london bridge what will happen when she dies and it was just like they were sort of talking about what would happen to the nations the way the nation went and that's all come to pass is exactly what happened and i was like fuck it was like tears from the awesomeness of it's a moment like it hasn't sunk in that the moment that everyone's talked about for years has actually happened i think the i actually think the closest comparison, and this is no disrespect, but I think it is the closest comparison that is when JFK was assassinated because the queen in this country is held up much higher than any fucking prime minister is, whereas the president in the U.S. is in lofty heights. And even though the queen was 96 and bound to die at any point, people in this country thought she was going to go forever because of reigning for 70 years. So I think that shot JFK went.
2: You can live as long as you want.
1: Oh, you're a real conspiracy theorist, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's why. That's why.
2: was all hitting. The, oh, Prince Philip was crashing into all those cars all those times. God, <laughs> say no more about no this. This is a really bad thing to say at this time. Should we move on
0: to talking about films?
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. What Are we doing the Queen's Gambit?
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the Queen. That film that um, had Helena <laughs> Bonham in <it. laughs>
1: The you know so many podcasts are going to come out cover that yes. now, right? It'll be all, all over the place. Check out our episode on The Queen. What was the one with
2: uh, <laughs> Olivia Colman in it? What was that one called again?
1: Favourite. The Favourite. Yeah.
0: Anyway, we're here because Julio's brought us a film and he's starting off, he's kicked off a new round. It's the round of 2018. We're moving a year. We were doing 2019, now we're doing 2018. Julio, do you want to say what film we're doing today?
3: Uh, today we're doing Paul Dano's Opera Prima wildlife
0: oh what what made you like want to come and do this film with us
3: uh well as usual what i did was i sent you guys a bunch of movies Mm. that i wanted to watch most of them i hadn't watched uh, ever and then we started whittling them down by uh length and availability and
2: how adam felt about them (laughs) <laughs> I don't normally give a shit. I'm the one who normally has the least input. <laughs> that's, that's that's it. right. it's it's yeah, that is a normally Paul and Ben, that have it, and I just go... Yeah, whatever. No,
3: it's usually Paul and Ben, are like, well, this one or this one or this one. And then Adam goes, not this one, not this one, not this one. So that's how we actually narrow it down, <laughs> because exactly. we know what Adam doesn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> the real question is why Adam
2: felt okay with this one. Uh, but on my end, I...
4: Actually, I think I it was this movie the most for... available
2: at the time. I think all the ones you gave us at the time were unavailable. Like either we had to spend like thirty quid, or we just couldn't get it. Or I yeah, it was there was a Peruvian movie that to... we couldn't find with
1: subtitles anywhere. Yeah. So that was that was oh, a big deal. We will we will get that. It w- eventually <laughs> we will do that episode. That's our holy grail. Like yeah. We will episode get on that one day, one way or the other. Uh,
3: but yeah, now this one in particular, I. Uh, I got a, a few Criterion discs on Christmas from my mother-in-law, and this was one of them. Uh, she had gotten a list from my wife of movies that I was interested in, and she just got it for me. So it was there, waiting for me to be to watch it. I, I'd heard good things about it, but that's about it. I didn't know. And I knew that Paul Dano wrote and directed it, um, mm. and I knew the cast. I knew Jay Gyllenhaal and uh, Carey Mulligan were in it, and I, I liked them both a lot. So uh, that was really it. So, once you guys were on board, I'm like, this is the perfect excuse for me to to yeah. finally knock this off
1: the watch list.
0: Oh yeah, and I was
1: surprised it had a Criterion mm. uh, release because I just hadn't really heard of it as well. And it's one of those new Criterion's because usually they
3: wait, but then every now and then they'll have mm. a movie where it comes out and just a few months later, what,
2: what
1: gets, happens uh, yeah. for
2: a Criterion? Like, what does it? Does it have to tick boxes or does it just? Is it like a has to
1: meet a Criterion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know who makes the decision.
3: Because I mean famously Mel <laughs> <laughs> he
1: decides them all.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh no, I imagine it's there's a board. There has to be a board of people that rotates because it's not like there's a unifying vision, I think, when it comes to which movies get mm. picked. Mm. Uh like Armageddon has a criterion and that's one of the most famous examples. People go like, "Why would you give this one?" I mean, mm. whether you like the movie or not, like, would you put it on the same level of like prestigious something else? Yeah. Because I think the mm. idea is that these are movies that are worthy of preservation. Um, yeah, I was talking to a friend yesterday. Uh, I have the Criterion for uh, the first Danny Boyle movie, uh, Shallow Grave. Shallow Grave. Yeah. Wow! But that's the only Danny Boyle movie that's on Criterion. How many and, do you have? Uh, I have, I don't know, maybe like thirty okay they're pricey so you gotta wait till like there's a sale and then you buy them or you Mm, tell mm -hmm. your mother-in-law to get you a couple for christmas (laughs) um but the like why wouldn't you give it to train spotting right if you're thinking of danny boyle you would think a more iconic danny boyle movie Mm. would be train spotting like put that on the pantheon uh but instead they're giving it to his first movie which i like but not as much as some of his other movies so uh, i don't know what the process is to determine you know what gets I,
1: it? I kind of like that criteria though, because it essentially goes we're not going to go with the obvious art house film, if you want to call Train in that, the obvious film. We'll go with Paul Dano's directorial debut. Something. Paul Dano, well respected actor, directorial debut. We know nothing about the film. Criterion release though, because that's, <laughs> but we'll, whatever it looks like, we'll be able to say pretentiously that it looks good. And it translates well, I'm sure. David Lynch, he has most of his films on fucking Criterion, but Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me just got its one recently. There's the reason they've given it that because the, the resurgence of the return and people are suddenly uh, viewing um, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me in this great glowing new light that they weren't for decades. So Blue Velvet was first out the gates for Criterion, I think. And then they said, nice. OK, Firewalk With Me now.
3: Um, Wally. They just announced Wally coming out. I at saw a, that. Yeah, it's the first Pixar. Would you, wouldn't you give it to Toy Story?
4: <laughs> like yeah, the first
3: one just Josh. as an iconic. This one broke the mold. I'm
1: happy with Wally. I mean, I'll get it when it comes out. It's a great movie. But it's <laughs> but yeah, they're trying to play against type yeah. by not giving it to Toy Story. Because mm-hmm. if you have it to Toy Story, it'll be like, well, obviously Toy Story, right? Because I think the thing with criterions is when something comes out, it's like, oh right, that's getting a criterion release. Cool.
3: Yeah, as usually. opposed to. I don't oh, know who well, said naturally. that when Armageddon got it. Like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay's masterpiece. <laughs> but anyway, wildlife, I mean, I guess we're about to determine whether it deserved the criterion treatment or
0: not. Oh, uh, yeah. Very true. Well, before we kick off actually talking about the film, uh, we got to say that it's 2018. What happened in
1: 2018, Ben? What happened in 2018? i got some, when I was looking for things that happened in 2018, a lot of, American-heavy stuff, so I actually had to like plumb the depths to try and find a bit more universal. So there's a bit of American here, but a bit of UK stuff, which you, know, may, you may be completely unaware of. But this is big, big stuff for us. So in 2018, in no particular order, YouTube star Logan Paul posted a video of a dead body in a oh, Japanese oh. forest infamous for suicides. I remember that. Mm-hmm. The UK survived the great KFC chicken shortage of 2018. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah, when people were calling up the police crazy did you have the chicken shortage from kfc julio <laughs> no now you've
3: scared me because that might happen if it happened in england <laughs> could. it could happen anywhere
1: <laughs>
2: we panic people could we panic were like
1: kfc has no chicken uh <laughs> we're not leaving the royals yet prince harry wed meghan markle at windsor castle mm. and uh, the world went on fire afterwards. The UK got so unbearably hot we almost lost our sense of humour about it. Do you remember that hot fucking 2018 summer? Uh, I remember, remember this a hotter point. 2022 <laughs> summer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this summer was hotter, do you? It was, wasn't it? It, it was, was hottest...
0: record-breaking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was hotter. Oh, one day
1: was. was but generally speaking, 2018 carried over a long time. Anyway, here's one for Adam. Is. England beat Tunisia, Panama, Colombia and Sweden and even won a penalty shootout. That was mental and we all had a lovely time. <laughs> I mean, Elon Musk up. beat called a cave diver who helped save the lives of 13 people a pedo <laughs> um you remember that these are all the things that happened in 2018 <laughs> guys sort of thing, in uh 2018 also there was a man who stole a bunch of beers from a shop it was caught on cctv and everyone lost their minds thinking it was ross from friends you remember this <laughs> i remember this <laughs> he really yeah. dug down to some like obscure ones this time
0: I was, and, I did uh, think you were just going to go. And it was me who stole the beers <laughs> from the shop. <store." laughs>
2: That's
1: how we got into craft beer. <laughs> and uh, Banksy had a painting go off, sell at auction. And the minute it sold at auction, it shredded itself with oh, that mechanism. It 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 like like oh, like that feels like recently, right? Um, there's other things like Russian spies launching. And now it's worth even more cinema. because he shredded it. Yeah, probably. Uh, there's a load of Donald Trump stuff, but I'm just not going to read it out. But anyway, that was 2018. Wonderful.
0: And 2018, on the Film Busters podcast, I can tell you we did these films. Halloween, in this order as well. This is the order You're that we You're going to read out all the films we them.
2: did in 2018.
0: Yes, yes. This is the order we rated them in. This is from best to worst Halloween, The Ballad of Buster Scrux, Mission Impossible oh. Fallout, Black Panther, Upgrade, Pastor Adam. Infinity War, <laughs> Can You Ever Forgive Me? Dragged Across Concrete, Hereditary, Burning, Solo a Star Wars Story, The House That Jack Built, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Venom, Green Book, The Meg, and Tomb Raider is the
1: bottom, of course. God, two of our worst films of all time are in there. Yeah. Wow.
0: Of
3: note. I am pretty sure Ballad Buster Kr- Scruggs is the first filmbusters episode I listened
2: to. Oh, oh look at that. Oh really? That was like, this, was guys... it because of the film or did you just find us?
3: I don't remember how I got to it. It was the most recent episode you guys had that featured a movie that I had watched. Okay. So I know that's why I picked it. And I hmm. stuck with you because I liked the episode. <laughs> and now not, not like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, yeah, Obviously. But see, that's how you know. Because I, if I remember correctly, at least one of you wasn't as crazy about the movie as I was like, I love that movie. And
1: yeah, I, love I don't
3: think that you guys loved it as much as I did, but you still liked it. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. you were able to like point out things that you didn't like and have like a good conversation about it. And there are times where I watch a mo- uh, I'll listen to a podcast and it's like, whether they, they agree with me or they disagree with me. I just find like, I'm not engaged in the conversation and then, so that'll mm. be like that's it, you know. You give him one shot, one shot, and that's it. But in this case, yes. I'm like, okay, I want to see what what these guys talk about next. Oh, and oh, that's so, how sweet! I don't and know what you guys sweet. did next, but I just know just that, that after, just after that, it became a regular.
1: The rest is history. What we did after Buster scroggs Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, that's good. Mm. Yeah. And
0: that's it. That's, that's it. 2018, good. and that's a lot of love from Julio.
1: That's a lot of love <laughs> <laughs> from Julio. Thank off. you for that plug. Thanks, Julio, for plugging our own podcast to our <laughs> listeners of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we going to go to the quiz bit now? Let's, do, we, it. let's, doing let's quiz? do it. Let's do Okay. On. All right. Well, listeners, this is very – I'm very excited about this round. So, all right, listeners, this is the section of the episode where usually we would go ahead with a quiz. But because we have Julio today and because I have a little fun game shenanigans to be had with old Julio this week, we're actually going to be taking the quiz to patrons. So, patron mm-hmm. listeners – Go over to your feeds if you want to check out this week's quiz, because I will be testing Julio and his knowledge of Michael Myers' <laughs> masks. For the rest of you, <laughs> you'll find out in the next episode how he did, I suppose. But for patrons, run along. You ain't going to want to miss it. <laughs> it's, it it's was incredibly relevant to wildlife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're about to do such an about face when we start talking about wildlife. <laughs> right. So...
0: You can, you can go check that Patreon episode after this episode, I guess. That's probably the easiest way to do it. So let's just move straight on to talking about wildlife. What is it, Jean?
4: I've taken an apartment in town for myself. And I can move in tomorrow. It's a tiny place, but I can afford the rent, and there's room for Joe if he wants to come. It's a surprise, I know. I'm surprised myself.
0: Have you lost your mind, Jean?
4: No, I don't think I have. Well, you can't can't get mad
0: at me, because I went to some fire.
4: I'm not. I was, I'm not anymore. Well, then what, what is it? I need some time to figure things out. Figure what out?
0: Gene? are you stepping out on me?
4: <sighs> yes, I am. But this doesn't have to do with that. Who is it? Who is it? It's Warren Miller. Miller? I've been teaching him at the Y. Oh,
0: you've been teaching him?
4: You moving in with him? Joe, go to your room. Gene! Are you moving in with him? No, I told you, I'm taking an apartment, the Helen Apartments. They're down by the river. I know where they are. Christ! What, are you you having a, a hard week? Is that it? No, not very hard.
1: Well, are we not getting along? I think so. Boy, boy, boy!
4: Boy I won't have this conversation if you won't take me seriously. <laughs> Stop it. Well it's a wildlife, isn't it so? It can't even be. He doesn't know what is and what isn't.
0: Right so everyone, today we are talking about wildlife, the twenty eighteen film from Paul Denno. This is a spoiler episode, so if you've not seen it, we're going to spoil it terribly for you, so you might want to watch it, and then come back and listen to this wonderful episode. First of all, I'm just going to say, some people who've been in films we've done reviews on before. You want to pick any people out?
2: Jake Gyllenhaal's been in Nocturnal Animals.
1: Correct. Has Kerry Mulligan Kerry been Mulligan in Marvels? Has been in Shame. Correct. She's been in Two Marvels, more. She was not in Marvels. No. Why would Jay she? Gillingham has been
2: was in. Did we do that Spider Man? He was in. No, no, no. You, no we can you, you ever remember
0: what episodes we actually do? Adam? We've done so <laughs> many <laughs> feels like We've done them all. <laughs> no, we got a Paul Dano. Oh yeah, for Batman. Yeah, Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. And we've got Bill Camp who
1: plays Mr. Miller. He's been in two films we've done. Uh, he's so familiar. I think he was in Batman. Uh, no, he was been that in, was in Batman property. Yes, that's He's been in what?
0: He's been the Batman property, and also he's been the film with Colin Farrell.
1: <laughs> oh, he was in the Joker <laughs> and the Lobster, yes.
0: and not the Lobster. I don't. Know. Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oof. And just to just to say it as well, he was also the the Jesus-like figure in um, Leftovers. He was on the boat. No. That's oh him. wait, Mr. Oh, wow. Miller. okay. Yeah. No. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Really? The Jesus figure is black
3: <laughs> in The Leftovers.
0: No, not the Jesus no, no, figure, the one him. on the boat who's like, who's, yeah. he's very like mystic. With the elephant. Yeah. Oh, the one who's controlling oh, oh, the elephant. Okay, I'm thinking the first season. Okay,
3: then then I take it back. You might be right. Any That's, excuse to rewatch sure. The Leftovers is a good one. So, yes. I'll get <laughs> it to might It might be wrong, today. but
0: at least we can rewatch it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll shout out Zoe Kazan. We were just talking about the ballad of Buster Scruggs, she's in it. And she co-wrote yeah, this true. with Paul Dano, uh, which I didn't know until I saw the credits.
1: Yeah, she. what well, she was in the one, uh, the Buster Scruggs, one that was on cholera, I think. Um, the one with the dog, the little dog, and the Native Americans, mm, oh and yeah, have yeah. the yeah. bow fight at mm-hmm. the end. There we go. Right. Hey Matt, that Buster. Just to go back to Buster Scruggs, <laughs> I'll tell you something. How that Buster Scruggs song at the beginning did not win Best Original Song that year. What won Best Fucking Original Song that year? Hang on. Probably Some Disney. Some Disney. Yeah, probably song. A Pixar.
2: You like Frozen?
1: <laughs> Rem- remember me from something? Oh, of course it did. Coco. Coco. What's that from? Coco. Coco. Oh, right. Well, is. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. That is worth. Oh, it. you
3: haven't seen it. I, I was going to say no. that's one of those that makes you cry,
1: Ben. But yes, it hasn't made you cry yet. Paul tells me exactly that this will happen. I blub like a motherfucker <laughs> at these <laughs> sorts of films, so I'm holding off.
0: <laughs> right, Adam, do you want to do a plot summary of this film?
2: Uh, yeah. So this is about a young lad um, who's going through a lot of change in his life. Moves schools moved areas well he's, he's recent at this school he hasn't just moved school um and his dad goes off to fight fires and his mum just goes fuck you and starts her own new life there we go <laughs> fuck, <for it. laughs>
0: fuck you
2: just tell me i'm wrong
1: well ben i will
0: you can tell him you're, he's wrong, or you can move on and do some facts about this film if you haven't. I'll
1: just do a, a few. I'll just do a little, little few facts. Who Already picked them, m- mainly anyway. So this is the directorial debut from actor Paul Dano, who adapted it from the 1990 novel by Richard Ford of the same name. Dano wrote the first draft of the script itself before showing it to his partner Zoe Kazan, who I didn't know they were going out, but there you go. Uh, who's an actor and screenwriter in her own right, and she rewrote the draft. They passed it back and forth between them and they share screenwriting credits. Uh, there's a bit of a labour of love between them. It premiered at Sundance before featuring at Cannes, Toronto, New York, and London Film Festivals this year. And Dano is quoted as saying, In Richard's book, I saw myself and many others. I've always wanted to make films, and I've always known I would make films about family. He has also said that this is the first in a series of films he wants to make about dysfunctional families.
2: Mm. Maybe
0: okay. any yeah. other
1: films? This is his only one so far.
0: Okay. So Julio's
1: going
3: to make another one, and then he got cast as a Riddler, and then yes, that's it. Then and then he was the, like,
1: "Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm cast <cashed> in. I <laughs> picked."
0: So Julio, this is your pick. So you get to decide whose impression, who's impressions? whose impressions, <laughs> whose. What word am I trying to think of?
1: Yeah, impressions. It's not I think. Even, what, I don't want to say
0: impressions. I don't normally say that. What word do I say? First
1: impressions. Was, Who you'd like to give first? Yeah, impre- yeah I, that's what I say. I do say impressions. Yeah. <laughs> With the caveat of first
0: whose <laughs> impressions? Can you do an impression of Jake Gyllenhaal in this film, please? <sighs> um, oh man, no. <laughs> so, whose first impression do you want? In what order, Julio? Um,
3: all right, I think we're gonna go Paul, Adam, Ben, and then me. Filmbusters okay. order.
1: Cool. Filmbusters, classic
0: Filmbusters. Busters. Oh, true. So, mostly. I left this film thinking what compelled Dano to, to make this specific story. And you kind of told me there that if, if that's the kind of story he wants to approach about very fa- familial and maybe maybe it's, it's part of his history of him growing up, maybe that's it. I can, I can like appreciate the, the study of compulsion to do, to like do something for yourself. Like that's the theme I'm feeling from this film. Whether that be like leaving your family to do something for the greater good or for your mental health or pursue a connection with someone who appreciates you or even just like an old man who's just is looking to get his end off no strings attached <laughs> the idea of it like whether it's right or wrong is all subjective and in the eye of the beholder and that was the most interesting thing i took from the film but uh, it's it's fine the film's fine but it's it feels a little forgettable in my eyes um but yeah my uh, i think the biggest thought that stands is what's so interesting to dano about these types of films
2: Okay, okay. Um, this is the second time I've watched it, and I don't really remember much from the first time, apart from the photo at the end. That's kind of all I remember, and I remember that happening in, in at the beginning of the film, and I thought it happened more frequently as well. <laughs> Did you, what, were you rewinding I think I got it when you watched <laughs> it? About this film, and a film where a guy works in a supermarket taking pictures.
0: One hour photo. One hour photo, <laughs> no, not with him.
4: No, not one hour
2: photo. He's like the master. The master, yeah. that's the one. I think I, I thought that was kind of like there was more photos in this film. I think is where I was going with that. Um, it's really interesting. It's really compelling. I think every element of it, in a technical side of good, the, the acting's great. It looks great. It's well shot, but it's just not much there behind that all. And again, I'm not surprised. I don't really remember much of it from two years ago, and i would probably be in the same position later on. Um, I think it's just missing that... mm, It's something, like a little spark, and you can kind of get why it's gone under under the radar a bit for its life. Yes.
1: I think that um, it's it's quite a simple story, but for me, I think it's told perfectly i think it didn't need to overly layer itself more than what it did because the story it was telling and the themes that it has which i will will discuss didn't need any more like fucking layering it on with a trowel for for Mm. me to think oh this is a a deep film i like first of all i watched 400 blows yesterday or the day before julio i know you saw Mm -hmm. that i did and my main comment on that was yes it's beautiful but there is nothing in the frame that I care about. Whereas this, the it's one of the few films where absolutely everything that is on screen in the shot complements what is going on in the film. The, mag- the magnificence of what we're seeing on screen from the Montana landscapes to the fires burning is offset with like little, small, intimate moments in his family life, which goes to show the tiny little things, the simplicity of... A story, a marriage breaking down, can be feel part of this awesome, magnificent fucking hole. I think Dana was the perfect person to direct this because he directs like he acts. If this if this is how he's going to continue to direct, I cannot wait to see what he's going to be doing next because he is a reserved actor, but not in the De Niro camp. He re, he's reserved in that he knows when you don't need to say something or when you don't need to see something, you need to see a reaction to something a quiet solemnity an observation to something and when it came to the end of the film and i saw that final shot that you you're talking of adam there's a reason that that clearly sticks in your mind because Mm -hmm. it is heartbreaking really fucking heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and i i feel nothing but by the end of it absolute compassion for this kid Mm -hmm. i i felt desperate he's in a desperately sad situation the adults should know better but i couldn't dislike any of them either because it was such a convincing portrayal of like flawed humans adults who make bad decisions but actually that doesn't make him a bad person um i thought it was fucking wonderful
4: all
3: right there you go so i went in the paul adam uh, ben order because last time i was here when we we're talking about age of innocence uh paul and adam were like super hard on on basically the main trio there. And so I was wondering if you would be as hard on on this family on Jay Gyllenhaal and uh Kerry yeah. yeah. Mulligan, you know, because of what they do. Uh because I know I had trouble watching the movie. I kept trying to be uh just uh understanding and compassionate especially towards the Kerry Mulligan character as far as you know just understanding that she's at this at this very specific turning point in her life and her actions have to do with that. And, uh, and the movie kept challenging me because she escalates to a point where I just felt like, okay, this is, at, at some point it just becomes child abuse. And uh, it was, but it was fascinating. That was one of the things that really kept me hooked in the movie because I wasn't sure what we were heading towards. I'm like, is the movie supposed to make me feel like she is doing the right thing because it's about time. She asserts herself and takes control of the narrative of her life. Or is the movie telling me that, no, this is horrible. It's a thriller. Actually, you know, she's, she has her son hostage in, in the poor kids to suffering through this. And it ends up landing somewhere in the middle. Like it doesn't really fall in yeah. one genre or the other. It's more it's in like what, what Ben said, these are flawed people. It just, you know, it's a set of circumstances that affects everybody. Uh, I I liked it a lot. I I agree that final shot really is what ties the movie together. Uh, Before we got there, I wasn't sure. I kind of felt like they were maybe heading towards a happy ending of Source, you know, because it jumps forward to, I don't know how much further in the future. And now Mm. it it seems like they are happy within a status quo that they figure out how to survive somewhat as a family. Uh, And then you get to that final scene and it's just heartbreaking. <laughs> just the performances yeah. of all three of them. Uh, it was like, it snuck up on me because I was just getting ready to just kind of, okay, the movie is about to end. I was getting ready to just move on. And then it happened. And I was just like glued to the screen for the next, I don't know, two minutes. It, it was, mm. it was great. So uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, I can't wait to discuss everything goes on because I think that the plot may be simple, but there's a lot of things that the movie is questioning. And uh, I, kept myself from delving into the the criteria and special features because they had a lot of uh interviews with Boldeno with uh, Zoe Kazan with uh the author of the book, and uh, mm. I really didn't want to bring any of that into this conversation because I want to talk about how I experienced it as I was watching it, and then I can you know yeah. I can go back for the special features later, but uh, yeah i I want to hear from you guys and uh, I want to see what resonated with you
2: and what didn't. We'll do another special Patreon episode of you watching the special features and doing an opinion (laughs) on them. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it's kind of that backing up of like, it does everything so right, but at the same time, it just still leaves you a bit like, mm, it makes you question everything. It it leaves you with the questions. It leaves you the answers. It'll be great to do a podcast on it in this aspect. But... I still just don't think it just leaves you. I don't know. It just leaves just a bit like, oh, was that it? Not like that's it because it doesn't. It shouldn't. It doesn't need to do more. I just feel like the, the remembrance isn't there. I don't know. Already, kind of.
1: It's, a, it's, it's hard a, it's to a, it's describe kind of... it, but
2: like you said you couldn't fault it when you're watching. You can't fault it when you're out. But then you're like, oh, and it leaves you with that lasting shot, which you should question afterwards, but. Only for a little bit, and it, maybe we digest it here, but you're not going to question it in a day.
0: I think the most interesting thing about this film for me is is just the balancing of them of why why each person is doing the thing they're doing, and what people on the outside see that that per, that individual, whether it's whether they're doing a good thing or a bad thing. Like there's a balance, and there's an answer, and it's both are correct. Kind of thing. Mm. So, like, even Mister Miller, where I just feel he's just he's just trying to live his life to the to the, to the best <laughs> he can. He's he's like, yeah, I I appreciate your your father's gone off. He's doing a good thing. It's like, but I'm yeah. sleeping with this woman because she wants to sleep with me.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. yeah. It's not like he's forced her to. Yeah,
0: it. yeah. It's just like he's he's taking people. He's just yeah. taking the opportunity because it's it's offering itself to her, to him. And um that's what I like because. But you can also just see it as like. <laughs> And negative as well. There's a positive and a negative spin on every character that you're like presented with.
1: The reason they fuck up for me is because they're parents. If they weren't parents, it's like, okay, go do your thing. You go, right. If you want to fuck off and and fight wildfires, go ahead. If you're going to find meaning in that, fine. Because she's going to be all right. She wants to go off and exert herself in a new way, carve her own path. But they're parents. And that's what makes this, that's what makes this, um, a hard watch because that kid, he's a That stu- That is a stunning performance yes. because he doesn't have to be bombastic in, in, mm. in, what he says. Everything is on the look. Everything is on his face. He wants them so many together. moments. He wants them to be together. And you understand that because he's okay. He's like, what, 14. You, you can identify with that. It's like, yeah, of course you want, you want them to be together because it's not like prior to the split, they were having, blazing rows and he was caught in the crossfire and he would on a some level know they should be apart as far as he's concerned the family unit was there before yeah they were hopping around from town to town and job to job but they were always together and now that's changing and his whole world is changing and he has no control over any of it his mum and dad are spinning out and he's just there watching it happening he's trying to hold it together he's going to get the groceries he's trying to cook the dinner he's driving his mum home drunk but he's a fucking child Mm. and they've they have both neglected him terribly in their in their own way i'll be interested to hear what who i think personally my opinion is i think the film doesn't judge carrie mulligan's character harsher but i think an audience would watch this film and judge her more than gillen hall's character but it's just because of the actions
2: that i think she's done it's like he's doing it for the family and she's doing it for herself i think it's kind of how you look at it like he's doing the okay. job to provide but that time, is, is kind he, of like the crux of it is, right but he's That's, not because he's doing it because he's selfish at the same time because he wants to, to fulfill his own need when he could just go get a simple job and go back to the golf course but exactly he still so that got was, the, the th- intentions of the family at heart i think is probably why you judge them slightly differently so, did you guys watching the movie, did you find yourself
3: siding with one parent over the other? Because I, I, I no, imagine like you saw all...
2: the child, I think, is where yeah. you kind mm. of go mm. with it. That's your compass throughout this film. Okay. I can I,
0: imagine people naturally uh, being harsher on Mulligan just for yeah. the fact that she's got more yeah. screen time.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it, it's kind of like what Adam said. Uh, Jay Gillenhall, as selfish as he may be being, you know, because he's you know he's doing it for himself but he is off doing something that you can consider novel he's like he's fighting the fires whereas like she is going out and sleeping around with like some older dude that has money and i ha- i was trying yeah. to determine during the movie what was uh what was going on behind her like with jake and Hull, i got it right away he mm. he feels that he needs to vindicate himself suddenly he finds himself emasculated he he's not the top mm. provider and he just feels like he needs to do something to prove his worth uh he tells his son he's like i have this buzzing in my head i need to make it go away i was like There's i get about it about this yeah uh mm-hmm. with her especially because it's, it's almost like overnight that she has this transformation uh and I was like, it's
1: literally she, overnight that she has that transformation.
2: Yeah. So I was like, is she having a mental breakdown? Or was this always yeah. her and it's, it's just the need to be loved, I think, is wasn't it? She's got no mo- he's can't provide her money. This man can provide her with money and give her attention and fulfill her need to be wanted again, I think is what she was. But but for. is it
3: that or is it uh because she has moments where she kind of like drops the act and you can see that she is not happy with what she's doing? Like, especially mm-hmm. when they're having dinner at uh, Mr. Miller's house. And yeah. she stops herself and she looks ashamed or troubled and then she'll put it back on again. And I'm like, so is mm. this like a strategic move as far as like, you know, this guy has money. I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal is coming back. I don't want him to come back. So I need to do what's best for our life going forward. I don't think or she gets she... get something
2: out of her system, I think, as well. There was maybe that side of it all. Of like, they were, did they say they were together since school? Or something. Like I can't that. remember if they said how long they, they went were to together, school together. together did 30, She's
1: thirty-four, and the kid's fourteen, so they must have been teenage sweethearts. Yeah, and they said they
2: went. He went. I oh, only go to the same school. Mum and dad went to. Yeah, but that's kind of crazy.
1: Fuck you. You don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Working on the railroads is not a good answer. (laughs) But
3: okay, if you're going to be rebellious, because that was my other option. I was like, okay, maybe you should just, what Adam said. She just wants to get it out of her system, be rebellious. Why are you being rebellious with
1: Mr. Miller? I mean, there have to be more. Because he provides her with money and he's there. He's rich. Yeah, and I, I think the Mister Miller thing is like he is the complete opposite to Jerry. He's That's okay, older man, but he's successful, self-made, runs his own business, st- stable. He's like he's not going to be losing his job next invested. month. Yeah, no, but she, I think her motivations run deeper. I, I, I think that she has. We're shown so little of housewife's experience in 50s America, or often in films, and she starts off in her traditional place at the beginning of the film. Good housewife, happy, providing, they're just having fun while Jake throws the pigskin outside. When he loses his job and comes home, like you say, Julio, a mask's, her mask is down at first because she's like, what did you do? And then he's like, nothing, they just, they find me, they just... Didn't like. didn't like what I was doing. And then she's like, oh, well, they're, they're, they're idiots to be doing doing that. They'll, they'll regret that. Puts on the face again. But very quickly, she's like, well, I'll get a job. And then she not only goes to apply for a job at that point, prior to that, when she's, I think she's trying to cash a check for the kid's school. And they're like, oh, the check bounced. And then she starts telling a story of when she worked in a school and the woman's like, yeah, we have no vacancies. And she's like, yeah, no, no I wasn't after that. But I think she was. And I think it's kind of planting a seed that, early days she wasn't happy with this housewife role because when she can start going out and providing she actually enjoys that she enjoys working at the Y teaching them to swim and make and she says exactly that Adam she says it would be good for me to go out and make some friends so I think actually she's always been traveling around with this family the whole time and it's always been at Jerry's BS wherever he gets fired we have to go somewhere else it's his his life we're living she's fed up she wants to do her thing so the minute that he decides fuck it yes I could provide more money for you by doing a, a banal job here but actually I have this calling and I get it but I have this calling to go and do this other thing for less money she's like you're meant to be providing for us if you're going to walk away from this family then I'm going to start making strides the way that I want to do and notice overnight. It is that overnight change. The next day, she is very professionally dressed. Her hair is done a different way. She's a working woman. She's ready to go out and work. But in the space of 24 hours, when the kid comes home, Mr. Miller's sitting on the sofa. So already the fucking situation is about to change because it's like, okay, I've gone from housewife to job seeker to employed professional woman to kept woman again, but at a much higher standing. And I think she's just trying to fucking find her way with it. She's she doesn't in the know spin, what she as wants. Much as she doesn't Jay know Gould what he is. wants. She's the only person to knows what way. they
2: want is the kid, and he wants them to be together.
3: Well, Filmbusters, you're you're uh, surprising me with your open-mindedness about the Carrie Mulligan <laughs> character. I thought I was going to come in here to defend her, and instead, <laughs> I'm going to come in here to just tell you how I, I had more trouble with her character than you guys did. And... uh I think that once the movie was over, I was able to look back and just kind of like piece everything together. But there was the middle of the movie is, like I said, I was having a lot of trouble uh, not thinking of her as the villain in the story, even though I was I kept telling myself, well, this is. There are reasons why she's doing this, but uh, specifically at the point where she abandons her kid outside Mr. Miller's house, he's just, she's mm. like, I'm going to go drop this coat off. And you know what's going to happen, but still, it's just mm. heartbreaking to see that the kid's just there and she goes in there. And honestly, I thought she was just going to stay for the night. So I was glad that she eventually came out, but it's still yeah. brutal. That's when I completely turned off. I was like, okay, no, this is, I'm reading this wrong. Do you reckon she that,
2: is, sorry, Julia, don't oh, interrupt, but do you reckon that's a, you treat that a different way because, We'd look at if you you'd treat her as if your wife or girlfriend or partner had cheated on you a little bit. I think
3: that's part of it I, like because that was going to be my next anger. question.
2: Like you wouldn't feel the when you see it from Mr. Miller's point. You're like, oh, he's just got his end away kind of thing. He's happy, and if you're the one who's going to be on the receiving end of her actions as you in your personal life, if I you think, think that might be part a of woman it. on it and say what she would think of it and see if she thinks it's the way around. If she really hates Jake Gillenhall for what. But the, I think that the problem is that there's a kid involved.
3: Because if there wasn't yeah, a kid no. involved, I think that it, there the would, be a, it would be a different thing.
2: And she went out for dinner.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. You're dragging your 14-year-old to this situation. Let him drive where... home.
2: And he's had a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't give him that. Bottle, well, she right? didn't <laughs> know
3: that. She didn't know she'd, <laughs> that he'd be drinking. No, but she's over there making advances, flirting with like a man in front of her child who idolizes his own father. So that just seemed cruel in you know like she's not thinking of him it, that, that's why i keep going like
2: father get fired as well
3: yeah yeah i mean that's i, I think if you reverse the roles if it was carrie mulligan going to fight the fires and jay gillenhall doing this i would still feel the same way because be it, there's a kid it involved,
1: involved. I, there's there's there is a uh, innate sexism in in filmmaking anyway but i don't think it's in the filmmaking but it's just in how text like this gets read is that for women to be unfaithful is considered much uh, more problematic than for men to be unfaithful. And ultimately, you said it there, Julio, she abandons him. She leaves him outside. Fucking Jake Gyllenhaal abandoned them for much longer, though. Like, symbolic. Like, he... But it is that element still
2: he can still provide and still do good from it. Whereas her but we also is don't know what Jack
0: Gyllenhaal is doing. And when they go and visit the fires, it's like, yeah, they're probably all cheating.
2: And also, didn't she say Sleeping he's got women. many women in many places or something? Yeah, but that I feel like that's how she justified it. Mm. Yeah.
3: Mm. Well, there is this thing that I, I kind of came to terms with about halfway through the movie, maybe a little earlier, which is that we really don't know what happened before the movie started. Uh, mm. So maybe he's cheated on her before. I think it's key that we always see everything from the kids point of view. And yeah. it's like, you are witnessing the moment where he realizes that his parents are human. And so, even if there's been hints of the marriage not working before, they've gone over his head. And this is the thing yeah. that tips it over. And now he is fully aware of every flaw they have. And, and he's just coping with that. So, it could be that before this movie started, you know, when they were living wherever they were living before, uh, he either cheated on her or, you know, she she says that he's had this this behavior before where he keeps quitting and moving and so she's mm-hmm. already frustrated and maybe if we had seen like the wildlife prequel we would see more hints of how she just wants to do this kind of thing too she's she feels mm-hmm. repressed and she keeps wanting to go out and she sacrifices it for the sake of her family and so i kept having to just rationalize that while watching the movie and it worked because there was mm-hmm. uh, Every time I felt like I wasn't sure what was going on, like if this was justified, I kept going back to, well, we're seeing it from the point of view of the kid. And yeah. he would feel this way. In his mind, this is the first time he's seeing his parents act this way. So he's he's processing it the way that we're processing it throughout the movie. Uh, and in his eyes, a man going out to fight the fires is something that is noble. a lot
2: more especially understandable. Especially also impacts the helps the community and is
1: what's kind of done, isn't it? Maybe. I, all of that is is bullshit. By the way, like the, the re- his reason for doing that is it, it isn't selfless. It's for all for yeah. him. Yep. it's absolute. It's absolutely one hundred percent. I've lost my job at this golf course. That's humiliating. They've offered it back to me. I can't go crawling back with my uh, tail between my legs. Uh, I won't work in a grocery store. I won't do some other well-paid jobs to support my family. What I need to do is something completely different from all of that. Some higher calling machismo bullshit, so I can become a man again. I'm gonna go fight fires. I don't know how to do it. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go and do it though. This is a guy who who uh when he was employed at the golf course, don't forget, when his son was saying, Oh, at school they said the smoke might travel over here, he said, they're just trying to scare you. Like he he dismisses the the threat of the smoke. Now all of a sudden it's something that he needs to go and, and yeah. mm-hmm. fight. It's completely his own calling, like, I need to do something for me. And Kerry Mulligan was like, well, fuck it. I'll do something for me. Both are wrong. Don't get me wrong. Both are wrong. They are neglectful. The only innocent in this thing, the only right person in this thing is is Joe. They both neglect in their, their own different ways. It's just that Jerry does his shit under the cover of noble noble acts mm. for the community. But I
3: think he has that moment of, He's he's honest with the kid. Like, he before he leaves, he tells him basically that he's doing it for himself. When he says, mm-hmm. you know, that line about like I have this buzzing in my head, that's nothing to do with with helping the community or fighting fires or anything. No, that's true. He's being honest that's with true. his kid, and I think that maybe that earns him a lot more sympathy from the audience. Whereas with, with Carrie Mulligan, there's no explanation right away. You're just like, what the hell is happening? She yeah, she I seemed know, to be yeah. like a responsible mother. And then suddenly she's just all over the place. So mm.
1: it's... Uh, I thought she was going to be on drugs. The way that she switched. So I thought the drugs are at play <laughs> because <laughs> this is not the woman that we saw at the beginning. But I think... I just think it was the facades. It's how she thought she was supposed to act in that situation to keep the family together. And when her husband left... They were both selfish. It was a case of I need to protect myself. Jenny called it survival last night when I was talking to her about it. She said, "I, I said, why did she do that?" And she said, "That's survival kicking in immediately." What did Jenny, because yeah. it's a case, think
2: of, of like who was in the wrong? Like we had this conversation. If you had this conversation with her, because
1: just both of the parent, just both of the parents, because okay. n- I'd be interested to see like as a female point
2: of view. If she despises Gyllenhaal like a bit more than we no. do,
1: like, like you still no, find the reasoning she, behind it. She could it, see though. it. Could see it from both sides. And, like, it is easy. It's kind of like, you know, the other day when we did the two popes and we were saying how you get 20 minutes of Pope Francis' backstory so that you yeah. feel a bit more compassion and see where he comes from when you don't get that with, with Benedict. Here, what we get is an hour in the middle spent with Mulligan, which we don't get with Gillian so we get to see her for an hour behaving terribly. Yeah. Well, you're still, I think
2: you're still spending the time with the kid, isn't it? You just happens to be the one who's with him. And yeah, then he well, goes... He's, he's our, our lady. Yeah, he flips mm-hmm. the other side, doesn't it? And,
0: I personally would say I would probably lean closer to Carrie Mulligan as the the more sympathetic character. Obviously, the son's the most sympathetic, but mm. it's, firstly, what is Jake Gyllenhaal actually doing for the family? He's It's all his own interests, as you say, Ben. I totally agree. He also is trying to make his son play football when he doesn't want to play
1: football.
3: Mm. That's really why you turn on him. Yeah, there yeah. we go.
1: Yes, yeah, the football <laughs> thing. The opening scene, Paul was like, "I'm out." You're I don't guy. give a shit.
0: <laughs> and and Carrie, Carrie Mulligan's present. She is there, as you say. Jake Gyllenhaal's gone, and from the off, I felt like she was so supportive. From the off, like when Jake Gyllenhaal lost his, lost his job. Sorry, I'm not using their character names. I can't remember what their names are. Um, all, all Js. jerry joe and jeanette oh, okay <laughs> oh, why are they all Js? it's weird <laughs> so i i thought she was very supportive and very she was like hopeful she was hopeful that he could he could get something good out of it yes she probably wanted the job for herself but she 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 was hopeful for him for stars and when she's trying to find a job she's also trying to find a job for him as well
1: yeah that's, yeah she that's goes right.
0: out of way to try and help the whole situation, so it it doesn't even surprise me that when he goes and leaves, it's like well fuck you i'm doing i I'm, I'm doing this all for me now, whether that be get mm-hmm. a job, go find someone else. It's just how far she goes does she when does she go too far you know when is that moment and I do think yes it is when he she he gets left in the car
1: she should have never taken the kid man mm. i know he was 14 but i think
2: it's, her, it's the whole time him. it's her lying to herself that she was doing it for the good of the family to make a new friend and i think it's that still like when I mean, she's even at the mill when she goes through the phases of sitting down and reflecting me and being like withdrawn it's like it's a mindset like do i do i don't i do i don't don't i do i don't i do I, 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 I don't i kind of thing mm. like she gets in the car to leave and then goes now nah, i'm going back and then oh is it kind of stuff Less reason he's there.
0: I guess this is why this film's so um, interesting with the female and the male perspective, because I can imagine it can be different depending on your 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 sex, because do, it's do just think, like. Well, because I was thinking it, that, I, but but the, then I'm the idea that Mr. Miller. He's sitting there and he's saying, "Oh, your your father's so respectful for going off fighting the fires." Mm. It's like that. His that's his opinion. I'm not talking about just characters like the viewer viewers of the film, as in people in their life in the film as mm. well. They, they see it as respectful that you'd go off and try and fight because it, it's something being done for the community.
2: Mm. It's like going off to a war. I also mm. think he's just trying to get like trying to keep the kid happy while he tries to fuck yeah him.
3: i don't know how how <laughs> respectful he really is of jay gillenhall of, of jerry in that moment i think he's just he's a player he knows how he knows what to say in order to keep the kid he's human. Human. He's he's cynical he's he's cynical he's, he's, yeah no look he has that moment and this is like the centerpiece of the movie for me like this is the one that kind of unlocked it uh, when he has his his big monologue about how he was flying and the doves, not the doves, the, the geese, yeah, and how he yeah. turned the plane off. And he tells him that that was a moment where he, it was dangerous because he lost his humanity. And he's like, there were people I loved, and it doesn't mean that I stopped loving them. But I just, for that moment, I just stopped caring. I just didn't care. It was, mm. so he's talking about some, doing something very selfish, and that doesn't mean that you've turned on everything that you mm. loved. It just means that you're blinded by your own self-interest and that's what happens to everybody in the movie that's what that's why jerry goes to fight the fires that's why uh, Mm -hmm. carrie mulligan goes on this weird self-discovery journey uh, with mr Mm -hmm. miller that's why he i guess mr miller okay let's say that he actually does admire jerry for going to fight the fires and he does appreciate like that family it doesn't matter because in the end he wants to sleep with carrie mulligan she's right there so he's just Mm -hmm. gonna barrel through all the things that he might consider important just to To get what what he wants and that's what they're all doing and so i think it's something that just gets to the core of these characters and just people being human i I guess a human you are vulnerable to making terrible mistakes because you're blinded sometimes and just it's a matter of whether you're able to come back from them and i think that the movie argues that you might i mean the damage is still done it doesn't go away Mm. but where they are at the end of the movie is somewhere that i honestly didn't think that was going to be possible at some point like but when we were heading towards the third act, I was thinking there's no way that this family survives in any way. I think that they're just going to be obliterated once everything comes to light and it didn't happen. I mean, they were at the end, they're not what they, uh, what they used to be, but they, they're definitely, they're found some sort of
2: balance and that's kind of impressive. When you you mentioned the geese, I kind of took that in a story of where he could, he can blend in. He can be one of those people if he needs to be as well. It's like he he was trying to blend in and be a goose a goose with all the geese. Like he's <laughs> like, I can be like, if you want me to blend in and play this game, I can blend in and play the game. Like that's I true. Do what it so it like for Firemen. Yeah. Um.
0: I like I like the fact that there's probably a moment in in this film where each of them the three char- the three adults in the film they they overstep the mark. Right. So. With with Jake Jinn the horse when he's he's pouring the petrol, I think that is the moment where it's like okay, this <laughs> is beyond. <laughs> this is beyond. Like we can kind of understand your mindset, but then you've gone too far. Carrie Mulligan was the moment she had her she had her moment where she could have changed every round. Where she goes out saying I'm leaving, the moment was when he, she goes back. Mm-hmm. Right, that is the moment. And Mister Miller man, it's when I see him naked in the corridor.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Gross, man, because they allow you that silhouette yes, shot and he's, of like, his dick. he's all hunched and over. Like, <laughs> Come on, I know. And, but hang on, t- tell me, this is n- insignificant uh, in light of the bigger things we're talking about, but why do they then leave and get in the car in the middle of the night? No, I had the same question. Why are they even yeah. there in the first place? He's a grown man with a house. Why yeah, are they having sex in the her house. house? Yeah, I assume it's because she wasn't able. Like they, they weren't going to leave Joe alone because he because he's too young, so they can't leave him but alone in have, the house. Did they,
2: she was dr- found the drink at the side of her bed, so she's been drinking. So
0: it was literally two minutes, right? Yeah. like they, she went outside, got in the car as if they were about to go somewhere. He went into the bedroom, and then suddenly she just came
1: back into the house. I thought we were going to see the old. He leans back in the driver's seat, and down she goes. Yeah. So I thought that's the way yeah. that's the way <laughs> it was going. But Paul Dano had the good grace to pan away. That. Maybe that will anyway. push the boat out a little just bit. As, uh, just while I think about that, by the way, Paul Dano uh, the genuinely fucking outstanding debut as a director because he knows when to pan and when to sh- when to show certain things. the The main shot I'm thinking of is the scene that you're talking about when uh, she goes. Back in the house, Mm. and we don't for a long while. We see Joe's reaction. Reaction, We following Joe. He sees Mm. something long before we do, and then it pans over. But you know, one of my favourite shots in the whole movie is when he's had an argument with his mom. Can't remember exactly what happens, and the implication is kind of like that he's going to run away, or he's going to go someplace. Mm -hmm. He needs to get away from his mom, and he goes to the bus stop, and just before the bus pulls in, the snow starts falling and you know that it symbolises the return of his dad and as that bus pulls away, the camera's on the bench and it slowly pans around to that magnificent, again, that Montana landscape, you know, that Mm. fucking, in the UK, we just don't have it. It's that American landscape which looks like poetry on film and he's just running, running, running into the distance and it's like, that is, that's just such a gorgeous shot, man. And for Dano, who is young, he's still young, right? He's like, younger than all of us i think or or maybe not me i just think of him from yeah he's probably a bit older than you <laughs> at his age to be doing stuff like that like he has learned from the masters already yep. he has learned from fucking paul thomas anderson man that, that, that he has got that that um brain already fired in and i can't overstate enough how much the reaction he's the 37 on, by the way oh is he well they, okay the, st- the, the fact that he keeps focusing on Joe's face in situations it tells us more than any additional dialogue could do and I love dialogue, but this is one of those films where it's like you don't need that dialogue whatever dialogue you could come up with would just muddy the waters of, of what you're trying to tell me in this scene um, and all of this conversation we're having about who's wrong uh, is are they are they right yeah. whatever whatever it doesn't matter because they neglect that kid. And these two should not... They can do whatever the fuck they want if they ain't got kids. They got Joe. They should not be acting the way that they're acting. They're not terrible parents from the outside, but they are fucking this kid up.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, That shot, the bus shot, that is almost a trope, but he manages to make it interesting because we've well, seen that shot before right where
1: oh yeah somebody's ready to well, leave yeah, and yeah you're like the bus pulls yeah. and oh they're still you know there because they didn't leave yeah and But well, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal I th- I thought Dana was gonna fuck up and Jake Gyllenhaal was gonna have gotten off that bus oh and so when that bus passes I would oh that's too much yeah with the snow yeah. comes yeah. dad <laughs> I would have hated that no instead <laughs> it's like
3: oh he isn't there yeah yeah uh, but there's another one that I I noticed the same thing that you know how he likes to f- just leave the camera static while something else the action moves away from the frame and then he just waits mm. for the action to come back or waits a while before yeah. following it uh, when he said it's cool, Joe's at school joe said school and uh, he didn't do the homework and so the shot is framing him on his desk and his friend his sort of girlfriend, you know, is next to him. And then he goes, he leaves his desk to go talk to the teacher and explain that he can't do the quiz because he didn't do the homework and the camera just stays mm-hmm. on his empty desk. But you can see his, what's her name? Molly Ruth, Ruth, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah. there in the background and, you know, she is absorbing the, the scene that's happening off camera, which is him telling mm-hmm. the teacher that, you know, he can't do it and the teacher sends him back. And then... Then it justifies itself because then she lets him cheat off her paper, and you're like, off "Oh, that's paper. why we stayed with her because this was going to inform what happens next." It's just, it's very, you know. Sometimes you watch movies and you don't really feel the hand of the director, and I know that that's something that some people like. Uh, yeah, I don't mind it. I, I actually yeah, like when I can you need
2: see it. it. It needs to yeah. have identity. And it needs to have its personality, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, a, a lot of personality of the film comes from. The way it's handled, the way it's been directed, mm. yeah, hundred percent.
0: Well, it's clearly a story that Danny wants to tell because he. I, I see Dano as as uh, the little boy. He's Joe, isn't Yeah, he's a little yeah, boy. yeah,
1: totally. But you know that thing when directors like he looks put exactly an actor like in the it. film, <laughs> exactly. Yep. And they I start to Google it as like, kid or something. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he do, he does look very very mm. like him.
3: Well, he looks like um, Dax Shepherd too even more so than Paul Dana. Oh, yeah. It, that yeah, threw me off because I thought maybe he was, was Dax Shepard's kid or something. CGI'd
2: <laughs> his face or something. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, Ed um, Oxenbold, we've been giving him props for a while now, and it's like, didn't, I didn't know his name, and now I, I do. Ed, I
1: looked Ed it up. Ed Oxenbold. Yeah. Good for, good for Ed. He is uh, stunning. Now, can I ask you guys, um, why is the movie called Wildlife? I was going
2: to ask you that exact same question. I was like... It doesn't really stand out for me, I mean, it's kind of like, is it because they're behaving like animals? Like this, the it's an interesting it's the title. instinctual of human nature rather than the like they're behaving more like animals than humans, isn't it? In the way they're they with their instincts and their needs. Mm.
3: Well, it's like a, a if you want to go with like the poetic reading when she takes him when she takes Joe out to see the fires, and then he says, "What happens to the the animals?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, they just move away. They moved somewhere else because this is going to destroy them. And some of them get confused and run into the fire and die. And so mm-hmm. that's the wildlife. And they and are the wildlife in a way. <laughs> you and know, that's
2: what her dad, his dad did. They
1: moved away and ran into the fire. What? So exactly. that. So that line, thank you for you just, bringing that up. I think that's it. three things in that line. Yeah, it's the three personalities. When she talks about the fire... For me, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. She she says, you know what they call the trees that are left behind, the dead standing, Mm -hmm. that is her. And then, yes, when he says what happens to the animals and she says they run away or they get confused and burn up, that's, that's Joe, I think. Yeah, but then uh, yeah, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal when life.
3: he when he comes back doesn't he say well? But he says it as two oh, words. It's a
4: wildlife yeah. boy.
1: <laughs> That's for you. But no, tone <laughs> that down. Don't drop the movie title into the movie. I didn't want it in this one. Peter Griffin sitting in the cinema. He said it. He said yeah. it. You can go home now. <laughs> I also did the uh, hit the one little bit of overacting actually in the movie um, that for me boy, boy with the is. whole boy yeah I, it, it walked I, up I mean, to the line boy for me. <laughs> it did
3: yeah okay it,
1: it yeah maybe it didn't cross it threatened to but i think because so much of it was like held back and like really well very very restrained up to that point and then when he comes back it suddenly becomes oh now we're going to act we're going to act out again mm. even when um he goes to the bar with him and joe starts telling him about his mum. How how he's encountered Miller a couple of times even then it's slightly overacted but it works because neither of them are making eye contact yeah like they're sat side by side and Gillenhall's looking to the wall and Joe is looking anywhere <laughs> but at his dad's because of how awkward the situation is um another thing which is probably bullshit but I liked I liked the metaphor rightly or wrongly his dad goes to work with fire his mum worked in a swimming pool water <laughs> he works with photography cameras which have both water like stop baths like the development of film has a flammable nature to it but also there's a lot of water involved in developing the film so he's you like know, in the middle of the two, them. <laughs> well they went fire water and photography
0: you got it dano's like he fucking got it
1: he you <laughs> got it <laughs> baby <laughs> Could be a patron, Tell though. me if that's in one of the supplements so, yeah, when you watch that disc.
2: It could be the fire and water though against each other though. Like she's working mm. with Simple to put out Like like Simple forces. is just yeah. They don't yeah. go, do they? They can't um, coexist, no. can they? One of them's gotta lose.
3: One of them's gotta move out of Montana. And you can to... never destroy water.
2: <laughs> water is the only Maryland, thing.
3: Maryland, I you think can't that's where she goes. Um I I wanted to uh, uh Push back against the the idea well maybe not maybe not okay, what do you guys think? I guess it's I know that uh, Ben said that Glen goes out into the fire uh, in a way out of a <laughs> to reclaim his testosterone, which I think I mean I think there's something to it, but the more I thought about it i I, I think that it is it transcends gender. Like, I was thinking about just what, uh, in this specific instance, like, what unemployment can do to you. and I think it affects both men and women in a similar way. I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of a shame that we don't have, like, a, a female podcaster here yeah. right now to either set us straight or, or, mm. <laughs> or agree. But the uh, I think the story could play if you swap the genders and it's the dad having, you know, staying home and the mom leaving – for the exact same circumstances, I would still believe it. I, mm. I think that I'm at a point where I, I can believe that losing your job and losing your, it can be tied into like losing your sense of worth. And I don't think that it happens just to men. I think that it's more likely to happen to men just because of the the way society has been structured for so many years. Um, mm. But this could be just like a very just specifically personal thing for me. But that was you know like earlier in the lockdown, you know I was furloughed and I was basically unemployed for several months and my wife thank god was you know she was carrying us because she didn't lose her job and she had a job that paid enough that i was able to just kind of like get by on you know unemployment until i found something else didn't pay as much and all that stuff but i remember it it affecting me in a way where i was constantly questioning like am i feeling this way because i'm a dude and i'm like i'm a guy and i feel like i should be the one leading here hmm. or is it just affecting me because i'm a human being <laughs> and so, it just so it feels weird of after work,
2: at some I think point is what it is it's like where do you stand what are you doing to help like you've got yeah. like you've got your pack or something and you have to enter something into it to feel worthwhile to get out what they're giving you
1: but, but i could i could dig that i i could dig that reading in the film if gillen hall had been more open to taking one of the better offers that he was getting work-wise yeah. because then, yeah, he then that's they where would be no doesn't need to, to feel like he'd even you know, back yeah. to the
2: golf club like it just suck it up and move on with your life mate yeah
1: or it, or just swallow your pride and go for another job or that, take that have job that job fucking around with that job look for another one I think they make a point of of saying that what when she says to him how much does it pay and he's like a dollar an hour she's upset by that because it's like that is nothing yeah. or or it's not worth the risk yeah. for the reward that this family is going to get Even so yeah. I I do think, I, I think, yeah, th- I'm probably being a bit harsh on him. Maybe there is a certain... Do you think um, he was going to die? Yeah, I d- I thought that might play into it. For some, reason, for some reason, I kept waiting for Carrie Mulligan to come on to her son because my understanding of the film was that that was what it was about, <laughs> like the absence <laughs> of the father, Carrie Mulligan. Wow. Particularly when she started going mad, I thought that was the way we were going. Yeah. I was glad it didn't happen, but that's what I thought the film was about yeah (laughs) doing the cha-cha oh man pretty awkward (laughs) dance it was very awkward um i only realized when so you know when he goes joe goes into miller's bedroom and he's going for the drawers and shit and he sees that like support leg caliper Mm. thing in the cupboard That that was the guy that Jake Gyllenhaal was buffing the shoe of at the beginning at at the golf club. So Jake Gyllenhaal was literally on his fucking knees buffing that guy's shoes, who would then go on to steal his wife. Was it though? I don't think it was, was it? That makes sense. I we never I played, played his it face, back, and when he gets up, he looks like him. You never see his face. You never hear you uh, never hear his name. But you've been the that one guy, to complain about okay. him as
2: well and make him lose his job.
1: Not only did he buff his shoe No, that, it was just that asshole owner who who was like, "Don't fraternize with the guests." And you know, I like that. See. They made General Hall very sympathetic early on because like be uh, apart from the fact he lost his job, when when it's like, yeah, they don't like it when you're popular with people. They don't like it when you can get along with people because it's like a threat. They want you to stay in your station. I've been like that in many workplaces where I get on with a lot of people and then the boss is like, stop doing that. It's like, why? You want me to just come and be a fucking drone? Mm. I'm not going to do that. I, he was very sympathetic up front. But I'm sorry, that fucking kid. Forget all of this. That kid did not deserve that shit. I want to read something to you, no, which you might know. This is something British poet. Have you heard this be the verse, this poem? No. i listened to much. Poetry, this is a wonderful poem. I know. Philip Larkin. They fuck you up, your mum and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you but they were fucked up in their turn by fools in old style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself.
2: Is that what you read out at your parents'
1: wedding? That's what I read out at <laughs> my parents' wedding, yeah. Jesus
4: Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, <laughs> they do. They fuck yeah. you up, your mum and dad. That that's that nobody can fuck you up like family. And coming back to that or- original shit that when Dana was like, I want to tell stories about dysfunctional family. Whatever they decide to do, whether they have great great ambition or they're doing it for reasons of better self-improvement, whatnot, you've got a kid, your life has changed. You can't do whatever the fuck you want to do. You can't decide, you can't be selfish anymore. Are you talking to you, you here, can't Paul? be fucking selfish. Paul Paul knows better than anyone. Like, if anyone can be selfish, the three of us can be very selfish and do things that people, if we were parents, would go, you can't do that. You can't Look at me, out, I'm messing
0: know. Woody up right now. I'm sitting in his bedroom
1: recording a podcast. He could go to bed I know. right now. He's, he's writing. He's <laughs> writing now. If he fucked me up my like dad.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to go to sleep.
1: <laughs> That's all right.
3: 12 years or so, he's going to be taking a picture of you. <laughs> dad, just pose
1: there. Yeah. I, With that, your I mean, microphone. come on, like sad, the the mark of a great it's just the facial expressions
2: shot. of both of them like the acted mm-hmm. it across every person on that was like everyone, it's a very melancholic moment, everyone You is can't sad. even tell the people to act it's just quite an instinctual way to act in that moment I think.
1: I fucking, just the way the way that ends it's like you say Julio, when it ends you have to sort of sit there As, there's very few films that when the credits come up, I just have to sit. hmm for for watching
2: the Sopranos finale again (laughs) as for different reasons
3: (laughs) yeah I think that what makes it sadder is that well I guess it would be sad no matter what but he is old enough and he's proven to be aware enough that he knows exactly what's happening that the kid like Joe he's taking that photo not thinking that well we're a happy family he's just taking that photo because this is the best that he can get and Mm, yeah well i might as
1: well do it
2: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah let me grab this like the guy is saying to him at the time you can fake anything in a photo as well yeah which i mean we do that is how photos you know that a million ways to die in the west that stupid uh, seth mcfarlane film is very bad however it captures that moment in time where fo- photographs were first being t- taken and people just didn't Smile, because <laughs> why would you? Photograph is just take a picture of my face. So mm-hmm. Everyone's standing there miserable. And it's like, no, no, smile so it looks like you're enjoying this. That's what we do for photos all the time. But there is something very human about photos, and I've, people t- talk it, talk about it in many different films and whatnot, but it, the reason that people take photos with family and friends and whatnot is, yeah, because of the Instagram age, this vainglorious thing, but prior to that, it was like to to say, look, here we are. We're happy. We're here together. And that's why you have photos of your family and friends and what, and your loved ones up, up and mm. around you because it's like they're there. Here, I have this, and for that kid at the end to sit there and take that and be like, "Let me just, let me just take this. Let me h- try and hold this mm. on." It's desperately sad, man. I really feel for that. I really feel for that kid. So this is a really lot, This is the kid. last.
0: Like, well, when will this ever happen again? Where you could have all your family in one place and yes, and then being civil
3: to each other at least. Mm. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah it's like um, six feet under Ben have you seen six feet under Julio six feet under exactly one of my favorites
3: dad and the leftovers
1: fighting for number one spot very good very good very good choices man so uh, yeah yeah you can't take a picture of this
0: moment because it's already gone Mm mm-hmm yeah Yeah. Yeah. he's trying to capture his family but his family's already gone apart separated
1: I know that's it fuck that kid, man. I mean, I hope. I hope this is how good the film is. That I hope after the credits roll that that kid's okay. I, I want, I want him almost the second right. film
2: for just no reason, just to just to see <laughs> if they're happy. Uh,
1: the second film is the monster. He grows up to be Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix, and that is not a happy ending. Me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, uh, yeah, or it's Batman. And he just turns into he just turns into the rhythm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's that's yeah. after the master. See, because Mr. Miller said that the yeah. army, the army shaped him up. So he goes, that's he twists. Right. The master happens. Philip Seymour Hoffman fucks him up even more. So then he becomes the Riddler. And then that
1: <laughs> yeah, fucks him up all together. <laughs> the, uh, the one I don't know if this means anything or not, but she in the diner says. Something like I don't. I hate my name, or I wish I wasn't called Jeanette.
2: Benny and he. Joe
1: calls her Mum. Miller calls her Jenny. Gillenhol calls her Jean, and her name is Jeanette. So she goes by four different names in this film. Why? She's struggling. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't think anything. Yeah. Well, that's it. There you go. Thank you. That's okay. I agree. That's (laughs) what did you say? He's struggling with identity. All like, right, yeah, yeah. That's it, that's it, yeah. That's it. Is there anything to be said about how fucking good that fire looked, considering that that was CGI? That's some of the most convincing fire I've seen. <coughs> I you know s- the scene when they come out of the car? Mm.
3: Whoa. Oh, oh, you're talking about the fire in the forest. I thought you were talking about the fire on yes. Mr. Miller's
1: house. Oh, yeah, sorry, the fire in the forest, yeah.
3: Yeah, that I thought it was great.
1: Very impressive. I mm. was this impressed by this is all Dano.
3: the Mr. Miller fire
1: just because it was so violent. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> well, I thought uh, Jerry was going to go up like a Shaolin monk. I thought that's what he was doing. He was about to just burn himself in, in that house. Oh and I thought, fuck, oh, we're going for a hard conclusion. Yeah, I did. He f- may as well have.
0: I felt like that's something that was coming as well, like the very dark moment. And then Mr. Miller just runs out of his
1: other woman. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've already yeah. moved on. Boy,
0: moved gone, then,
1: Jenny. Just, you know, the, at that moment, my mind was going, oh, fuck, We're, here's a big twist. We're getting a big reveal here because I thought, who's this woman that's coming out? Miller is acting like really innocent. I thought something's happening here. One of these characters is not going to be real or something. Su- something's been played out. Hollywood not has fucked us up then
3: because I had the same oh, yes. feeling and I'm like that doesn't Did make you? any sense
1: it's not that kind of movie why am I even going there
2: but I thought that there was <laughs> yes. also
1: like were they never it would there have been
2: very
1: is there another yeah. Mr Miller thinking, <laughs> has, has the kid played this all out in his head because he just misses. his maybe dad? he's the one who's <laughs> insane <saying,
2: laughs> and set fire to the guy's house
1: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah look at all of this yeah
0: I think it's just
2: Mr Miller living his best life <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah I'm just sleeping with all these women I'm happy
0: don't come burn my house down
2: he <laughs> just love, and he's learning to swim at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't nah. drown me. You can set a fire to me, but you can't
1: drown me. I'm very excited for whatever Dano does next.
2: I is there anything better
1: store? I don't think so. But it's come at a time like now. I this didn't used to happen, I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is a 21st century phenomenon for the most part. Like ignoring people like charles chaplin stuff like that but this whole thing of actors directing it feels like a 21st century conceit we don't really have from the 80s and 90s actors directing shit now 21st century is if you become a big commercial actor you start directing because well, people also can, you've got you probably want to become a, like you've got more
2: creativity it's like people would more like to lend their hand at other stuff nowadays aren't they People make music now. They can act. They can make a song. They can draw art. Like, mm. if you've got creative in your blood, then why would you not give it a go if someone gives you some money to do it? I'd, I disagree. I'd say that there's loads of people in history who are actors who decide to direct. It's just their
0: films end up being shit. And mm. nobody watches them. The amount of times we've gone to an actor, we'd be like, what? They made a film? <laughs> and then you go, I've never yeah, even heard right, of it. true,
1: yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't get that that sort of exposure.
0: Yeah. Come on, just think of but- a... F- give me an actor. Someone not not modern day. Someone Jeff Goldblum. Oh, good one.
3: Pacino.
1: If he see, I'd be surprised if he's directed something. So Pacino has done a couple of Shakespeare. Oh, that's
3: right. He did uh, looking for Richard. Types.
1: Types. Never mind. I've seen that one. Yeah, he did looking for Richard. Yeah, I was gonna say De Niro, but he's done a couple.
0: Oh look, Jeff Goldblum directed a short film called Little Surprises. Yeah, it's a short oh, short <laughs> film. Yeah, <well. laughs> we're talking feature
1: over here. <laughs> but he's directed. Sigourney Weaver. What she directed? Jamie Lee Curtis was she directed Halloween 3. Okay, there was the the, no, no, who, who, who do them? actresses because that's harder. Just that's harder. Right? They yeah, want to do, they know. just you know the system is that's not nice. built for. She
0: hasn't she hasn't directed anything.
1: Johnny Depp feels like he should have directed something, but I can't. Yeah, but I don't know if he's a different type movie. of creative actor, isn't it? Johnny it's... Depp did The Brave. did he's
0: he? all, yeah he's done yeah okay. he's done The Brave yeah, and he's also done is that there's a short yeah he's done a couple, a couple of shorts as well.
1: Has anyone successfully transitioned from actor to director and they are now better known as a director? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson? No, he's still primarily an actor. Clint Eastwood. Definitely, but his films
0: are probably better than the films he's been in.
1: Yeah, I'd rather see what he's directed (laughs) than what he starred in, yeah. (laughs) Even The Passion of the Yeah, Clint Eastwood is right. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood.
2: Eastwood. I think that's just as much as age as anything. So basically,
1: Republican right wing <laughs> actors, yeah, make better directors. That's what we're saying. I, I, I mean, I don't have too much more to say on it. And I, I just to come back to you, what your original comment on the whole thing, Adam, is that the, the idea of it being kind of like, eh, well, was that it? This is what I mean. Thing. I've enjoyed talking I liked about it. it and i really yeah, enjoyed I liked it. And it you enjoy for that it reason. This, but
2: this just that impactful, I don't know, the, it's like, it's like a, like a really nice cake, and you just missed out on it. Nice. It's a simple <laughs> ingredient. It's something so simple. It doesn't have to be a lot, but just something. It's like just...
0: it's like a Bakewell well tart, but didn't have the cherry on top.
2: <laughs> Not quite. that cliche. <laughs> Yeah. Not that cliche, but like that kind of just someone's made someone's made a nice bolognese, and they might have forgotten the chili, There's something to spice it. Here up come the it. food analogy. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> put the chocolate in it if you're Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is this wildlife like? <laughs> That's yeah. Oh, um, hmm. so it's something colourful. It's got quite a bit of colour in
1: it, isn't it?
0: I wouldn't say it's colourful.
1: It kind of the colours it's, it's got a rich palette, so it's something. Yeah, it's got a pop on the plate. Not necessarily colourful. maybe something Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> and it's, you know, there's the fire, so
2: spicy. Nachos, maybe. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I don't know. That's not really a good one. That's a bit too party. That's a bit too pleasing. It needs to be a bit more of an out there film that not everybody's going to like because it's not a middle of the road, is it?
0: It's like an enchilada, but they
2: didn't put the cheese on it. <laughs> no, on because purpose. enchiladas are that they it's, forgot. I don't know enough Mexican <laughs> food. But it needs to be something out there that people, like a risotto, <laughs> people only go for it, if they're in the
1: mood for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a six-pack of beer. Budweiser. <laughs> yeah.
2: Miller Lite.
0: No explanation. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he was actually, um, I think the implication was that he was a bit of a deadbeat alcoholic. Maybe not alcoholic, but he's sipping on beers early on in the film when everything's fine at home. While she's helping him with the homework, then when he's fired immediately, buys the six pack.
3: But I think that th- that goes, a bit, goes with a the setting, thing. you know, like the yeah early sure. yeah yeah.
1: What is it? Fifties, sixties? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't put my finger on it. I say it was 50s, 60s. 60s. uh Also, this is yeah as good as Ed's. What was his name? Oxen, whatever. Oxenbolt? was great as he was this is the best thing i've ever seen carrie mulligan in this is her greatest performance really so far. yeah what what would you what do you pick
3: uh maybe uh god what's the one with uh andrew garfield and um uh, never let me go she's really good and never let me go
1: no i haven't seen that i haven't seen what about that. when she's but in guardians of the galaxy it. what is she? is she in
2: guardians of the galaxy?
1: Nah, I don't I don't think so, I know, He's so. just saying all this to sass me for no, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
0: Promising I... Young Woman?
1: Um, I know. Yeah, but I think this is oh, yeah, I'm thinking better else. than nah, that. But it's yeah. not
0: better than Promising Young Woman.
1: Well, no. Maybe uh, her performance, not as the film, is what Ben said. She's there. great in Promising Young Woman as well. She's great in it.
0: Everything. Film and acting ability. Better.
1: Behave yourself. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I love I Promising that... Young Woman, but... She plays. She gets asked to play not girly, but I feel like she she no she is in a lot of films. It's like play, you're going to be girly. You're going to be girly. And she, she plays
0: woman scorned. She's in. She's the same in Drive as well.
1: Yeah, was in Drive, she's <laughs> she's a non-entity in Drive. She's she's there. She exists yeah. for fucking um, Gosling to bounce off of, and that's it. Overrated, isn't it? It is over. I like it. I like it, but it's I overrated. It's
0: over, so, I mean, I, it is I,
2: overrated. I, yeah. Maybe it's this is
1: going to make Alex even angrier than the <laughs> Halloween performance. <laughs> <It's> an 8, <laughs> eight And you can move on. It's a lot of style. But uh, I think this is great. Is, th- oh, man, I'm so excited for Dano's future now. I wish him nothing but the best. And I can't like. He's going to keep making Batman films and film not making out.
2: directing films.
1: No, it's okay. I mean, Batman is probably now his biggest film, right? In, t- in terms of the mass audiences knowing him, they're going to know him as Riddler from yeah, Batman. Course. Like, Jenny, Jenny generally knows actors even if they're a bit obscure but like when i said oh yeah it's directed by paul dano yesterday she was like who's that and i was like hmm, i could say there will be blood but it's probably harder for you to remember that one mm. kid who's in it for a bit than for me to just go the riddler yeah. and i was like oh i don't want to say that i don't want to go i don't want to <laughs> reduce him to yeah the riddler because you're much more than that it'd be but
0: that. That's... it'd be that or the guy in the shower and prisoners
1: yeah yeah prisoners what's your dano go to dano reference julio if you had to say, yeah dano What's Looper?
3: Like oh yeah, good, poor one, good Guy one. Looper.
1: Who's he in Looper? Uh,
3: he's, he's like, always- uh, you know, when he is it his arm? They start like cutting stuff into yeah, his arm. Yeah, they to- and- to
0: him and chopping stuff off him, don't they?
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. Or uh, sunshine. if I want to shock Even someone,
3: Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, oh yes. He's a oh a yes. Super yes. racist yeah, guy yeah. singing the super
1: racist song. <laughs> always oh, hor- always a terrible monster in things for the most part. Mm. Plays it well. <laughs> Too well. You know, him and... Oh, forget it. I can't remember the name of the actor. I'll message you afterwards. There's an actor that the two of them on stage or in a film, Doubleheader, would be amazing. It's the guy from Ravenous. Leonardo DiCaprio. Come on, let's try and figure out this actor. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, <laughs> Leonardo uh... In Revenim. um, From uh, the Full Monty? Uh, no, he's got... So he's... No, it's not Robert Carlyle. He's lower... He's not... He's not his name. Even if I heard it, I might go... Yeah. Oh, Ravenous. I'm oh, sorry. He's in Ravenous. He's guy Pearce in Ravenous. <laughs> he's in Saving Private Ryan. Matt Damon. He's he's the guy in Saving Private Ryan who, towards the end of the movie, turns out to be a real coward. And then... Oh, um, Barry Pepper. And Jeremy Davis. Jeremy Davis. Yeah. Paul Dano and Jeremy Davis <laughs> in a doubleheader on stage... Fuck, I don't, don't care what the story is. If the two of them, I'm there. Put them at a
2: kitchen table in a bit of a gritty location and let them go.
1: Oh, what? amazing. <laughs> you know, to quirk each other. And <laughs> uh, are we going to do scores? Yeah, yes. let's do some scores. I think it's scores time. Yeah. Scores do you, you want to do it in the order?
0: The order we did our first impressions?
1: Let's do it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so I'm giving it a six. What? I'd, I'd, I wasn't blown away with this film. The I wasn't fire? blown away. I enjoyed the conversation, but it does. It doesn't. It's. It's. I'm not going to remember this film in a year's time.
2: Personally. See, I was not expecting you, the that.
3: one parent here in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not those parents. <laughs> but That's the fear that you could
3: become one of them. Is the that...
0: fear. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I had this film at a 7 when I watched it, and I, that still didn't really stand for me. Like, I didn't remember the film enough to, for really to back it up. Um, when I came out of it, I was like, is it a 7? Is it an 8? I was probably going to say a 7, but I think this conversation has made me embrace the film a bit more and probably going to make me remember the film more because I probably remember this conversation. it. So it's going to be an 8.
0: Give it a couple of months. I don't think you would say it's an 8. Yeah, seven.
2: but I remember it from this podcast now. The podcast has <laughs> cemented it. That's what I needed the sentimentality of the podcast because you give it a bit you more You can have a good and, conversation and about something, something doesn't mean it's a, I rewatched Holy Motors the other day and the podcast was
1: better than the film <laughs> <laughs> Well I've talked myself up uh, well I'm, as in this episode has talked me up from the rating that I was going to give it before uh, so last night I said to Jenny it was an, an 8 <sighs> and Jenny Jenny challenged me <sighs> she said she said to me why why is it an Because 'Cause you're saying that something could have been better about it? And I was like, Yeah and she was like what could have been better? And I was spinning my wheels. So that so like like, they missing an ingredient uh, in well, this. Well, you know, this sometimes made up. sometimes something <laughs> just speaks to you, so you must give it something higher. She's like, Okay, yeah, but but why? What what This was, is
2: you normally, it's the upper end of this bullshit you hand out to people. I, I know. It's but it. thinking about it and talking about
1: it, thinking about it more, that that has juiced it up and the the fact of the matter is there is nothing there is one negative thing i can say about this film and it's so minor um, that he it's says that's not enough life. <laughs> no it's not that <laughs> funnily enough i didn't mention it but it's the friendship with the girl which i think is just a, a wasted yeah. element well, it's no, no, i feel it's, like it's that's nothing.
2: quite nice because it shows how even he's insecure because his parents he's always a bit like i think in his relationship his parents are given isn't impacting him to be as a person that he wants. The moving around has also changed him. Like he's almost scared to make the friendships.
1: I would have... I, I get that, but I would have liked... It I felt feel like, like they like, should
2: have gone somewhere with it. it may, it's like yes. maybe it needed another scene with her to really... A
1: couple, couple more scenes. Or maybe something him even to talking her that.
2: about the problems. Because they could have used it in that way. Like
1: well,
3: I think structurally... I, I agree with you, Ben, that it, it kind of... It should have led somewhere else emotionally uh mm. it's structurally i can i get it because it's there to give us a break mm. from the mystery at home and also to kind yeah. of reassure us that the kid's okay when you get to the end because he's still he's going to study with her so that means that
4: through That's all true. of this yeah, yeah. It,
3: he managed
1: to keep that relationship so it's good he's got a friend yeah. so let's hope no, he's got to see it a 10 now i missed out <laughs> I, I missed that actually at the end that he has he's she is still there anyway it's it's, it's a very strong and solid nine I, i'm very excited it's been a while since i've been excited wow. by uh, every film so yeah yeah very good
3: uh i'm right with him uh, with ben and i i was also having that is it an eight or a nine uh, dilemma because uh, i finished it last night and it was it was going to be an eight and then like i said that ending snuck up on me and i'm like wow this mm. is a nine and then i was thinking is it just a nine because it really like i was not ready for it, it does it hold up as a nine when mm. we talk about it yeah. and it does i i think that it's a uh, it's deceptively simple because i think that everything that it deals with is really is very complex and that is uh yeah. that is to treasure <laughs> just that a movie can do so much with so little as far as the plot and mm. uh, my one it's not even a complaint but the, the thing that i know threw me off and that i need to kind of talk myself through it so that i can appreciate it is the how sudden her change is and that's fine that's like the way that the story is constructed like i said you're seeing it from a point of view of the kid it's totally so it's meant to feel sudden if we were seeing it from carrie mulligan's point of view i think that that transition would have been a little smoother we, we would have been in her head mm. so we would have been able to see it but that's not what the movie is doing so um i just kind of have to come to peace with it <laughs> and, and i think i have so uh but yeah i'm giving it a nine it's really good i I expect to enjoy it even more the next time I watch it, but it's not gonna happen for a while because it was it was also a rough watch. That kid goes yeah, to a, a watch.
2: Six months later.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's I'm glad that he turns out, you know, he manages to this family in general make it through it, but it's it's still really it's a rough watch and, you know, it's a really sad ending. So
2: this yes. Peruvian film that we were gonna watch, though we couldn't find any in English subtitles. Do you enjoy this more than that film?
3: Yeah, I think this is a better movie. The, the, the oh, Peruvian movie we're going to watch is more of a thriller, and that would been more of a novelty, like more of a genre yeah. movie. As in like, hey, look, they I make a lot of probably would have liked it more. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: You yeah. <laughs> would. <laughs> we'll get to it.
3: We'll, we'll get to it eventually.
2: Okay. I'm surprised Paul gave it so low. I was expecting a seven from you, Paul, but I was not expecting no. anything lower than that.
3: It's I think nice. that uh, I'm kidding but I yeah. think that you just consider yourself such a better parent than those two that you just <laughs> that couldn't is, bring that's yourself what to the
1: judgmental bastard. That's what it is. He's he's the Katie of this episode. It's like <laughs> I, that's a horrible person. No. I hate the film.
0: <laughs> well, that gives us a an average of an 8 out of 10. So, shall we oh, see yeah. where it places I, in our list? It goes like oh halfway low, down. For no reason. Halfway down. Uh, It's it's for a very good reason, Adam. Is it eight bang on, is it? Yeah, eight bang on. So let's go to the scoreboard, and we'll come back to tell you where it places.
1: So we took a timeout there. We averaged the scores up. We averaged that out as an eight, which means that it is contending with about ten other eights. The first, the lowest eight, was The Hunger, Tony Scott's film, and we said it's better than that. The next on the list was Midnight Run, and very quickly, we decided it was not better than Midnight Run. De Niro, what are you going to do? Julio, so, you have been beaten by Jamie. <laughs> Jamie's Midnight Run beats Julio's right. Wildlife. You can go fight him in the car park if you want.
3: Well, but. we just have to wait and see how Jamie feels about wildlife. And maybe he'll bump its score next time. Oh, he sees Jamie's going to be all over Ooh, that as
2: a, as a teacher of
1: film. I think it's, a, it's one of those you I mean, board. it's funny how that list goes. Because like, the next film up was last jedi and (laughs) this this is better than last jedi but then the next is the exorcist three and exorcist three is better than this (laughs) then the next is lego batman this is better than lego batman it's like (laughs) all higgledy but it's still an admirable position for it so uh yeah as you heard listeners last jedi is is above it and 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 that's where it it sits (laughs) it's it's in the top half of the table Mm. as opposed to the bottom half yeah and uh it's all paul's fault really Paul has, Paul has <laughs> kept it down, just like I've tried to keep many marbles down. Absolutely,
0: thought. absolutely. So, shall we move on to Julio? You can give a rating to anything on this list and just uh, just mess with the table a bit.
3: Perfect segue. Speaking of keeping marbles down,
1: <laughs> oh, what's he going to do now? <laughs>
3: I I warned you on the DM. It's just, I hadn't even thought about this. You had to bring it up during the Two Popes episode. And now I'm like, really? Captain Marvel is on your bottom 20? That movie is
1: so good. (laughs) Hey, the thing is, the thing about that is, I actually liked Captain Marvel. I thought it was okay. <laughs> I think it's better than a lot of the other Marvel films. Yeah, it uh, it deserves better. It deserves. I
3: wouldn't even bother if it was right out of the top, the, the bottom twenty. But it's like number twenty, I think. And that just that can't stand. That, number nineteen now.
1: Nineteen, yeah.
3: Nineteen, yeah. No, that, that needs to help. I'll give it the score that I gave it on Letterbox more than once because I've seen that movie like three times. Uh, it's it's a nine. Whoa, it's
2: Whoa. getting pushed <laughs> what's better wildlife or Captain Marvel
4: hmm
3: that's a good question
2: <laughs> it, it, there's two different types of exhilaration
3: like wildlife is that sad exhilaration of you just like god this hurts but this feels like real life and yeah, and Captain Marvel when she uh, she basically <laughs> destroys the patriarchy by beating the shit out of Jude Law it,
2: that's like the fucky exhilaration of like, that was the yeah. only bit I remember of that film
1: It's Jude Law in Captain Marvel? Yeah, he's a bad guy, and he's trying to goad her. He's in the
2: spaceship. I remember he just fucked up.
3: Yeah, he's. I can't remember. He trains her at first, and then it's revealed that he's the bad guy that's been lying to her. And so the the final moment of the movie is her. He's goading. She's powerful enough to just defeat him with like her pinky, and he's trying to goad her into fighting hand hand to hand. Yeah, she just
1: doesn't fall for it. She's like, I have nothing to prove to you. <laughs> she just beats him very quickly. It's, this totally makes sense to me that, uh, Julio, you would be giving Captain Marvel a higher rating because when I think when you think about your podcast overall, a hell of a lot of the films that you guys cover are ninety that 90s period. You know, like a lot of podcasts will be like, it's 80s, 80s is the theme. You guys love tackling 90s films and loads of 90s films that people haven't really even heard of. A hell of a lot of time. Half of the time, I've, I haven't heard of what what you're covering. The '90s has a certain sentimentality for you and Alex, so that makes sense why you would give Captain Marvel so high because it's a '90s nostalgia fest. It is, what's it is, in it, isn't it? Yeah, it's got nine-inch Nails. She wears a nine-inch nails t-shirt as well. <laughs> my goodness, in a in a Marvel film, nine-inch nails.
2: So uh, is that so? The,
1: the interest.
0: The interesting thing about this, right? So, Julio brings this episode to us, right? And I, <laughs> I say this film's not very good. And I scorn him, right? He comes along, tries to upgrade a Marvel film in my favour to try and scorn you two, right? Yeah. But then it Me raises it, more than you. it raises to a <laughs> 6.75. He's only scorning himself because it's, it's got to contend
1: with glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hate glass. So this is perfect. Captain I Marvel know. and the glass. I mean... Gloss is better. Glass no
3: better. Ben, ben, you need well, to re- you watch
1: Glass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julio, I went to see Glass for my birthday. So I have a very sentimental And you saw uh, it at the night's nice audience. How are, much, and it
3: was a really nice how much are you, uh, audience. How much are you drunk before the movie even started? I had a, fa- I had a fair bit. <laughs> well, there you <laughs> go. That explains <laughs> you you everything. You've watched it again since, haven't you? No, I don't think <laughs> I have. So. I personally I think... would say
0: Captain Marvel's better than Glass. so...
3: Yeah, I think that now it's glasses has a, a, a an extra layer, because if you see it, knowing what we know about Bruce Willis now, I think that you watch it and you just be sad. Like, it used to frustrate me how little they did with the character, and now I think oh, there's yeah, a good okay. chance that they were just truncated, because they couldn't do more, because, you know, there's only so much you can do with Bruce Willis at that time based on his health, so… Now you understand. Well, I understand the logistics it doesn't make it a better movie. <laughs> it just makes me a little more
0: compassionate
3: towards the Ben's like he was ahead of the
0: curve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you understand. I always I always do. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we're not here to talk about Glass, but uh, I think, for me, it's one of the original superhero movies, which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> well, there you go. Mm. <laughs> it's a superhero movie as well. There you go. It's, it's a superhero movie, which I give a very high rating to. Nine. It is? I think that's the highest superhero movie, along with Black Panther, for me. Um, that we've covered. Dark nine I think so. Like, no, like, no, no. We're not here covered. to talk about oh, okay, last, right. but. <laughs> I'm going to drop this bombshell. <laughs> it's because people come on this podcast, Kate, you know, what you last time, and they take pot shots at things that I like. They took pot shots at uh, Halloween Kills, so I had to go on a little Michael Myers rant for a bit.
2: <laughs> at some point in an episode, Ben will rant about something for not a lot. Oh. No one's having an argument with him. He just argued himself. <laughs> and we've all got they the know. message, but he just says to keep going. And then he'll bring up Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Equilibrium is brought
1: to the podcast hang on a minute you know the patrons yeah we just got one live at the moment did nice. we actually here he is he wants to talk to you Julio are you ready oh god good morning
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's back good morning <laughs> speak to him you've got to talk to him oh,
1: Julio uh, good
3: morning how are you very 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 happy yeah, good First,
4: morning. I would like to just get to know you.
3: <sighs> I don't know, man. It's Saturday. It's my day off. I have a lot of stuff to do.
4: Give me your address there.
3: I, I do not give my address out <laughs> over the internet.
4: How did you know?
3: Because it's your voice. You're very recognizable.
4: I do not have any money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's Borat. <laughs> 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 that's on it. It's <laughs>
2: Ben, are you thinking of these answers before he's even given an answer? Like, is it whatever he says? I don't
4: want to go and get into that.
2: (laughs) Whatever he says, is going to have the same answer.
1: Uh, Yes, it's very difficult to do. The main thing is, I wish I had a massive uh, board of it all in front of me because it'd be because I have to scroll down the page. It's all alphabetical as well, so it's not like clustered by like greetings questions. Yeah, I know. It's that's a lot of effort, Adam. There's, 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 uh, there's no strategy amazing to how, how they lay how all this out. The
2: real person, the real Arnie,
1: is just in your phone. <laughs> I know he just lives there. He doesn't do anything else these days. I know. The closest that I could get to uh, actually making this all legible is do the greeting, do the questions. You give answers, so I bounce a bunch of questions and then Arnie gets angry. The minute Arnie gets angry, it's hard to go anywhere from there because once (laughs) you do angry Arnie, there's no... (laughs) There's no sorry. You can't rein it back in. (laughs) No. There's no, I apologise, we study in, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) I'm learning. Well,
0: just so you know, if you want to become a patron just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash filmbusters where you can get exclusive content. You can go and and, uh, watch the latest episode where julio's answering questions about michael myers mask and what movies they're from so that was a lot of fun
2: does he do well does he do well badly
0: well you'll never
2: know just go in the middle right
0: yeah yeah you'll never know unless you go listen is it fun being a patron julio it is the best it brings me so much
2: joy is it better than being a contrarian patron Ah. This is funny. This is what Adam said to, for your reference last week. I will not not engage in this bit of trolling.
1: (laughs) I would say that the contrarians um, patron is like goes toe for toe for us in terms of like duration of content. Like it's almost like a second podcast in terms of the amount of
3: well it's just snowballed kind of like out of control because originally Patreon was gonna be things that we're not going to add to our workload and now it's become mm. like you said a second podcast almost and I love it because mm. we get to talk about different things that we don't talk about in the main show and the interaction and everything but it is like an extra bit of recording and an extra bit of editing and uh i'm I'm slowly catching up with like falling out of sync. It used to be that I would drop an episode and then the after hours and all the all the supplements would be on the patreon within a couple of days and now yeah. we're just like <laughs> full episodes out of sync yeah. yeah it makes me feel good that you guys kind of like do the same thing now and it's fine like as a patron i just i'm happy like whenever something of yours drops i just listen to it and i don't have to like really match it with a specific episode it's just self-contained exactly. yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. well speaking of your <laughs> podcast julio do you want to plug it oh yes might as well do it now
3: <laughs> why not uh the contrarians Look us up on a podcatcher. We talk about fresh movies and Rotten Tomatoes. We talk about them as if they were rotten. We talk about Rotten Movies and uh, Rotten Tomatoes. We talk about them as if they were fresh. I have not looked up what uh, wildlife is. I'm assuming it's fresh, but I don't know Mm. if be fresh enough for us to do it on the show. Uh, Quick. It's 94%. Holy cow, 94%. Wow. So, yeah, we could do it on the show and just talk about it as if it was a terrible movie. We'd be even more negative than Paul. We just wouldn't yes. give it a chance. <laughs> and then on the second half of the show, we tell you how we really feel. So, I would just be bracing it all throughout. And I think this is the kind of movie Alex would like to. He's a big Paul Dana fan to begin with. And. Mm. He likes your gull hole. So, yeah, no, I think he, he would like it. But, yeah, that's, that's the show. It's a lot of fun. We don't do just 90s movies, but we do a lot of 90s movies. I hadn't really thought about it <laughs> until Ben brought it up. Um, we just
1: the 90s boys, the contrarians, the 90s boys. <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, should be dropping The Lighthouse, which is not a 90s movie. It, oh, there no, you go. Not,
1: can't wait. Love that. Yeah, I seen you I, sparring with the gull. Love that. What a line. <laughs> <laughs> Sparring with the goal. <laughs> if uh if you guys No, I'm sure you won't like it. I, I don't spoil it, but I'm pretty sure neither of you will like it. I think you're actually gonna be quite well, hard why? on else. I- yeah, I reckon. Mm. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon they go uh, you either go with that kind of film and you, you're totally immersed in it, or you and Alex I can hear the lines I can see what they were going for, but And then there being an endless list of not pretentious, because you know really you don't really call things that for being pretentious, but I could imagine you'd really not take to it. Not liking the l- lyrical beauty of this. Well I think I've got their number on this.
3: I, but I'm gonna tell you, I mean, as you would know, it's the movie's like 94%, I think, Rotten Tomatoes. It's really high. So we spend fuck, the first yeah. half just making fun of it because yeah. whether you like it or not, it's very easy to make fun of.
2: So, uh,
1: Did you watch it with subtitles? Yeah, there's no way that you, <laughs> you can't watch it without subtitles. <laughs>
2: Julio, have you seen what uh, Robert Pattinson's character looks like? What he's actually wearing if you don't do it in black and white?
3: I- I've seen it in color. He yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. fucking yeah.
2: Mario. <laughs> Yes, he does in the living <laughs> Bridge. It's like it gives a whole different meaning to that film. Like, how could Willem Dafoe do that, taking that seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: thought you were fond of me, lobster. <laughs> love
0: that, love it. But you guys, you got to go check out the podcast. It's absolutely amazing. It's one of the best podcasts around. It's one of my favorites. The second best so, podcast in town. Yeah, second. Sorry, <laughs> Julio second Sorry,
2: place or five. maybe there's other
0: people <laughs> listening that want to put, be second top five <laughs> Ben before we sign off do you want to say what film we're doing next
1: so Julio has come along and brought 2018 to our table so he's kicked it off with wildlife off to a good start as far as I'm concerned but we'll see what's going to happen on the rest of this journey so let's tease it this is going to excite Paul I think very very much our next film could be a horror okay comes from the brain of garth Marenghi himself directed by matthew holness this right. is a british horror film starring sean harris who played the creep in that underground film where the creep yeah. was walking around
4: yeah
1: the plot is a disgraced children's puppeteer returns to his childhood home and is forced to confront his wicked stepfather and the secrets that have tortured him his entire life. This is 2018's Possum. Oh, I have
0: no idea what this None is. None
1: of us have seen this. <laughs> as in animals. good. I would advise you don't even Google the image because the poster, without having seen it, feels like it could be a spoiler. I, need to find I don't out. Know. Where, to, where can we find it then, Paul? Then. You can find it in the UK on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. okay. That's all right. Um, awesome. It is a nice and tight 85 minutes as wow. well. It's quite highly rated, and I remember at the time there being a lot of buzz about... Garth Marenghi doing actually a fucking scary horror film. Yeah. So Unsurprisingly,
3: that, yeah. in the States, you can find it on Tubi, where you can find Wonderful. all this I'm, obscure I'm glad thing. it's
1: even in the States. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're doing. We're doing Best of British now. What's Tubi then? Is it like a the high level streaming No,
3: it's more of a. Alex called it the, the Island of Misfit Toys, because that's where you find these obscure <laughs> movies. It's a free yeah. streaming service, but they put ads every, you know, oh, okay. I don't know 20 oh, minutes okay. or so.
1: I yeah, think well, we good. have the equivalent of that. It's called Freevee. Yeah. That's like that's the Amazon, Amazon sponsored Pro. one, right? The, yeah. It used to be MDB TV. That's right. and,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well that's exciting. Looking forward to that. And that's uh, twenty eighteen. I, I think I know off.
1: I think I know what might be coming up on this journey. I was half I, tempted to do it. I've even but, looked. Oh you haven't? Nope. Well maybe maybe it won't come up then. But I think mm. I know what <laughs> it'll come up and I wouldn't be averse to it. Thank you so much,
0: Julio, for joining us. It's been wonderful as always.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. This is how
3: everybody should start their Saturday.
1: absolutely Absolutely. Our king, our newly elected king, has joined us (laughs) for the day. (laughs) (laughs) And what are you going to do with the rest of your Saturday, Julio? While we've wasted ours, what are you? Not because we're talking to you. (laughs) I mean, because we're at the end of the day. What are you going to do? uh, We're time traveling uh, here. We're time traveling. We're in six o'clock Saturday, Julio you've got all the rest of your the rest of your day
3: your I, have a, <laughs> uh, I have a couple things to do before i hit publish on that lighthouse episode and then uh saturday is generally the day i spend with my wife so uh she's she's got control over whatever happens next and then yes. on sunday i i take back the reins and i just do all the other podcast stuff so
2: it spend a lot of time doing the podcast well like i was saying like the-
0: this guy who just sits here <laughs> doing no editing and everything <laughs> <laughs> in would you, yeah, let, look, would, on,
2: would, you it. Paul, would you let me edit ed, ed, an episode? No, exactly. So we'll <laughs> move on from that conversation. <laughs> <laughs>